I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yeah, like pineapple's delicious. I love pineapple in, in every form I've ever had pineapple in. Have, you, to- ever, have you ever had Dole Whip? I don't think so. It's a uh, it, it, you don't find them all over the place. It's it's in Hawaii. There are a lot over uh, oh, the place. Oh uh, no, I've, yeah, it's Disney World. Like a Disney, or yeah. not just, I was gonna say it's a dairy free ice cream ish dessert. Right, it's a pineapple dessert. Man, it's so good. But it's it's uh, I've what you got? It's super good. Yeah, I, I had it for the first time in Hawaii <laughs> back in September. Oh, man, you got to try it. You'd be all over. Dude, you I, like sweet, I feel, right? Yeah, fuck, yeah, next sweet. Yeah, dude, it, it would be right up here. I almost stopped by Cineholic on the way here. I was this close. Yeah. Oh, dude. I drove right past it. I'm like, fuck. Are you on a diet right now? Where are we at? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I've made some bad decisions. <laughs> I'm not drinking alcohol. That's the only thing that's not happening right awesome. now. Right, I, I promised Dakota that I wouldn't drink for a month to support him not drinking for a month, and I think he lasted four days. Dude, you called it. But dude. I'm not a quitter. You absolutely <laughs> called the way that was going to go down. You're like, I feel like in a couple of days he's going to be like, Oh, sorry, Nick. I <laughs> fucked up. This happened. That happened, and I had a drink, and that's exactly what he said. Yeah, that shit went down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he uh, realized he like he just drank? Oh shit! I forgot I wasn't drinking. Or do you think he realized he wasn't drinking and said fuck it? I, I, fuck it. I think really he sure. just said fuck it. That, but that's just me personally. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, Dakota's a super nice guy and all. Yes. But I could see him completely just spacing out and grabbing a drink, going like, "Oh yeah, I was not drinking." So, he uh, he seems to have plenty of blonde moments. <laughs> Aaron always compliments uh, or says how she's thankful he's good looking. She says that a lot. He is. So. He is. At <laughs> least he's got one thing going. Dude, for he's him. a handsome feller. He. And just like that, we are live. We're talking about handsome fellas. Sexy dudes. Looks like we got one right there in the chair. What's up, Felipe? What's up, you handsome devil? Not as handsome as you. That's not uh, not true, but I appreciate your compliment there. It's nice. DJ's looking good, too. I'm doing my best, man. How good is that beard? You so you went and saw that that dude again, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, and, buddy. And I bet you think that he took off just a little bit too much. Not this time because uh, I asked him to adjust it just a little bit. It looks great. It looks yeah, great. and this is exactly like he hit it this time. I showed him a picture of the last time. I said it's been six weeks. I want it to go right to here. So every four weeks I'll be back if you hit that point. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I'm going to ask for a change. Dude, I've never like let someone else do my beard you know because it's like i see my whole face and to me like letting someone do your beard is kind of like letting someone do your lady you know (laughs) but i mean your face is like a vagina truth (laughs) but seeing how good your beard looks makes me realize that that's just not the right uh right not the right stance to have dude i had such a hard so two things number one i'm cheap so just (laughs) doing my own beard and it's not hard to to trim your own beard it's uh, years of doing it and number two, don't touch my fucking face. Oh, like yeah, that's, you have that. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to healthcare professionals, I've been able to take a different line, but usually a nurse washes her hands in the room before she talks to you um, or as she talks to you. So, it, Someone with gloves on touching your face, is that going to give you the same feeling? It, it's, uh, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. There's also a uh, intimacy violation issue for me. Mm. Like my, my personal space is very cherished for me, and I have a... Uh, 
So part of the not hugging is, is not just uh, a physical, social problem. It's an emotional issue. I have daddy issues. <laughs> like, daddy don't. Uh, no. Actually, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I have daddy issues. It's mommy issues. <laughs> it's both. It's all right, man. Uh, how do you feel, Felipe, when someone comes to touch your face? Does that freak you out? It doesn't freak me no, out. No, no problem. I guess not. I mean, I'll be surprised. And, I mean, but I, I'm the weird one. What if I get my face real close to your face? Nick, you're the only person who's ever kissed me Fuck in the mouth. God, I'm so weird. <laughs> Why do I do shit like that? I've ever kissed. And it felt I I felt your mustache. And I was like, so this is what they feel when they kiss me. Okay, I get it. Uh, it's so funny you say that because I had the same experience when I kissed Nick. I was like, oh, oh that's God. a lot of mustache. I have kissed every man in this room. <laughs> Dude, what is, like, why wait, does that happen? Wait, I have a question. Did, a you re- did you remember kissing because you didn't remember kissing me. Honestly, I I didn't remember kissing either one of you guys. I don't know how that makes you feel. All right, well, like, uh, at least used, we're both in the same boat. We need to start a club. I've kissed so many men, I don't even remember it. That's so that's so weird. I'm not sure how this question comes across, but do you remember the first time you kissed me? <laughs> the first I, time. I feel like it was in the loading area. Was it in the loading area? I feel like it was in the plane. Okay, so DJ is the president of our new club. <laughs> I remember the first time I got kissed by a dude. Two friends of mine held me down and kissed me on the mouth. I was like 20. And uh, yeah, it was hilarious. That, so, I felt better. Gotta pay it, forward. it was very nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so I weird. That's, I'm a 37-year-old I'm a man who kisses dudes on the <laughs> mouth. Like, what the fuck is that? That makes no sense to me. I mean, like, it if, is if, what it is. Yeah, but I mean, like... Yeah, you know my friend Nick? Yeah, he kisses all of his male friends. Super. He doesn't remember any Super of it. normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doesn't sorry. remember a single one. I'm sorry to all of you. You weren't w- willing participants, I'm sure. <laughs> sorry, world. This is what we got going. Nick takes a uh, Ambien and then goes out and chases guys. No, I wish I had an excuse. <laughs> like, I have no excuse. I don't drink. Like, I don't use drugs. I'm just a weird, sober little person. And I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be. We enjoyed it. <laughs> Great. I think we all enjoyed it. So, uh, speaking of kissing dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Francisco, uh, let's go. <laughs> Cisco. Cisco's uh Where's he at? He's in South Carolina right now. What's in South Carolina? Uh, Skydive, Carolina. Hey. We have a, a friend there, DZO. His name is uh, Jorge. I know Jorge. Yeah, Jorge. Yeah. Well, he uh, hooked us up with a slot with a job for him and... Uh, He's been working there uh, while our, yeah, while we get back home. Nice man, Jorge is a good dude. He he uh, seems to treat people really well. Yep, yep. Um, I have uh, yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. but good things. He uh, we've dealt with him before in other events, and it's always been a positive, yeah. positive experience for sure. So Felipe, no, you're Felipe Francisco. It's hard to tell with the bodies. You guys really are identical specimens. Uh, and <laughs> Dude, the you look great, by you the way. You do look good. Thank you. Exercise is showing, my friend. <laughs> uh, he's there. You're here. How long are you in Houston for? Uh, end of October, at least, for sure. That's our, our plan right now. What, what we see is going to work for us. So some of our listeners haven't been have if you've listened long enough to know when Felipe was on I don't believe you because you've given up on us by now, uh, but you were on November twenty twenty uh, is the last time you were here yep, just before I left and you left to start a DZ correct La Zona Puerto Rico and that is West Side West End of Puerto East Side East Side man I always get backwards I'm from the West but East Side is what it is right now yeah is is there a rivalry 
between the east and west sides of Puerto Rico? Mm, west side's the best side. Just, I mean, it rhymes, so it's obviously true. Obviously, it's just the sunsets and the, it's a more Caribbean on that side, so it's more like lake instead of ocean. And then from yeah. the east and the north, you're getting more waves, rougher. I don't think I know what that thing. means. More lake than ocean? Uh, like, I guess... Like uh, calmer water? Calmer yes. water. Okay. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, that's what I was going at. Yeah, for sure. It's calmer water in the morning. It's a lot warmer also. Versus the north, it's Atlantic. And then the south and the west is Caribbean. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I actually got a jump in the in my hometown, which was very, very rewarding. Like... Yeah, let's go with that one for sure, man. I got to jump with, uh, in my town, in Boqueron, there's a private airport there, and uh, what was it? The guy I, uh, <laughs> yeah, all the stories connect. So there's an aircraft that I leased, and the uh, owner of the aircraft I leased was looking at a map because the plane would be going back and forth from the Dominican Republic, which is an island to the west of Puerto Rico, back to Puerto Rico, and back and forth. And he saw an airport on my town, and he asked me, hey, do you know about this airport? And I was like, no. So he sends me the information with the telephone number and the owner's name. And I was like, okay, I'll give him a call. Why not? And I call, and the guy was super interested in anything aviation-wise. I said, hey, why don't we do an event and just plan something? So our first event was uh, for uh, spring break, Puerto Rico spring break. And we went there. We got a jump. It was a great time. Uh, the only bad part was the the turbulence and the, the wind was funky. So we had to call it off. Uh, we had not jump on Sunday. We didn't get to really jump on Saturday. But I got to jump. And there's some awesome pictures. And I feel really, really proud of, I guess that's, for me, it's an accomplishment. You know, I graduated there. And while we were there, I got to jump. I had the opportunity and the, the, the privilege to jump with a daughter of someone who graduated high school with me. And when I saw the, the, the young ladies, I was like, man, they just look so familiar. And when we're jumping and then I, the, the, the father's name, I was like, man, like I, well, it's my town. Obviously I got to know these people. And lo and behold, uh, she emailed me or texted me uh, through Facebook. It's like, Hey, you just jump with my daughters. I was like, Oh my God, I knew it. It had to be. So yeah, it's a, uh, good story for me i feel good about that one for sure that's uh, pretty close to where you grew up or that's just where you went to high where school? i grew up nice yeah so yeah it's right. it's crazy to take people on skydives whose parents are your age you know what i mean <laughs> and it's just like oh yo man you i grew up with your dad your mom and we were best friends yeah and you're an adult Great. <laughs> and I and I jump out of planes for a living. Yeah. yeah. Peter Pan. <laughs> does your family does any of your families look at you like Peter Pan? I'd have to ask but my mom's she's seen me jump out of planes since I was nineteen years old in the army and she just accepted it and she's like, Yeah, that's what he's gonna do. So Yeah. I think it's not necessarily just the flying the the never growing up gig. You know, we've all grown up and taken some responsibilities on, but just in general attitude in life. It, it's just that don't grow up, live life, and enjoy it. Yeah, I read that on a sticker on uh, Chulo's helmet today, never grow up, and it was little Peter Pan flying away. <laughs> I saw it on his helmet today. I was like, whoa, that's cool. It's a fitting person to be on. It Correct. really is. Yeah, magical as fuck. <laughs> Man, that boy is a unicorn. He's unique, very unique. So you left, you went to Puerto Rico, you started 
the drop. La zona Puerto Rico. And sounds, com. sounds so good when you say it. Ah, sí, papi, yo sé. Alex is over taking notes. Yeah, no, it sounded really good. <laughs> it's like you speak. I like it. My bass is like more on these speakers. It's like, mm. mira, mi amor. D- d- when you say poppy, poppy, <laughs> is that something that you call your friends? Like in, in Puerto Rico, do they say is it like, "Hey, buddy, hey, homie, what's up, baby"? Like, what is what's it like? Man, I, I I don't personally use that one that much, but yes, it is commonly used by some like young guy. people. Is Cisco saying it? Yeah, yeah. Cisco's not young it. anymore. I don't say it. I don't say it much, but I know I've you know, poppy. I think it, maybe even Dominicans might use that more too, but. It's used. It's used for sure. I'm, I don't use it. I just wanted to use it because you're my papa. You kiss me, bro. So all right, dude. I've been to it. I I'm like in it. the club. I have a really <laughs> a really good friend in Utah. Uh, he just had a second daughter, and they named her Poppy, like a like a poppy flower, like a golden poppy. And yeah, okay. all I can fucking hear <laughs> when they talk about her is is my Latin friends saying Poppy, and I will poppy. only ever. I, that poor little girl. I will only ever think of her oh, as that. No. <laughs> well, if she gets a Latino girlfriend, and her Latino girlfriend might call her Poppy. Oi, Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so oh, man. Totally, man. That is <sighs> that's great. That's her future. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't stay in Utah because in Utah she might not get no, the dude, same it, treatment. There's a really large and uh, pretty well accepted gay community in Utah. Like okay. the the pride parade there is out of hand. Nice. It's awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, chances are good. Yes, she'll have a happy poppy life. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, Dominican Republic is uh, skydive Dominican Republic. Elmer, te amo. How how long does it take for the 182 to make that journey? Uh, it's a two hour, uh, two and a half hour full trip. It's an awesome, awesome trip. So 182. So we we go up to about maybe nine grand, and when you're going. Uh, Westward, we do an odd number, so we do nine grand, and it's just a beautiful view once you get across the the canal, because there's a couple of islands in between. It's called the Mona Canal. It's actually very dangerous, or because there are a lot of Dominicans, uh, they immigrate to Puerto Rico trying to get to the United States, just as Mexicans immigrate into the United States. They do the same thing, so it's pretty dangerous to cross it. But not on plane. On a plane, it's freaking awesome, man. And yeah, yeah. People are crossing it. it on on boats. boats okay, I thought yeah, you were man. saying something like that. They're hijacking little airplanes and flying <laughs> over to Puerto Rico. <laughs> That'd be cool. That I've had a couple offers when I was over there. Nice. Hey, how about flying us over? I was like, uh, man. Uh, no, how much money know. are we talking? <laughs> uh, no, I never even wanted to hear, but. You have to pay something to five to six grand just to get on one of those boats to, to cross that thing. It's not wow. cheap either. So I don't know where these people coming up because they're broke and they're trying to go to find a better life, but they have to spend five to six grand. I don't know where they come up with it. but And I met, yeah, yeah Dominican Republic is a great place. I did a base jump there. I opened up a slot on a beach there. It's El Fronton. Awesome. Well, I mean, awesome. I guess that means there's some pretty serious mountains there. There are. They have a uh, ten thousand five hundred uh, high peak there. It's called El Pico Duarte, and it's uh, yeah. You can when you when we go up to skydive, we get up to that level, and then you show the locals, hey man, that's Pico Duarte, and they're like, oh my god, yeah, we're that high, and then, and then we jump out. Wow, yeah, it's an awesome, awesome, awesome drop zone. And the owner, he's uh, 
He's gonna get. He's gonna have a great time down there, man. That thing's gonna blow up for sure, for sure. It, I guess it's gonna be mostly tourism that keeps keeps it in business there. Ah, uh, man, it's the locals that's uh, really? killing it right now. Cause uh, just uh, the way his uh, the government there, it's uh, they don't they didn't have skydiving operations, so they were very very um, uh, they're slow going about it because they're all about. You know, drug trafficking. You come here to drug traffic. You got a plane, you're going to drug traffic. And then they figured out they were renting the plane to me. So that back and forth was all making them, you know, a little skittish about them having an operation. But he's uh, built up a real good rapport. And uh, in the year, year and a half, he's been running the business. So they, they've they already, get, they've given him a more permanent permit to use the airspace. And now he's rocking it. And he has a plan to bring in a tourist, obviously. He, he does have that. But right now, it's not the tourist that's bringing in business. It's the locals, for sure. So have you spent much time Dominican Republic? Yeah, man. I've graduated a couple students down there, actually. It's pretty nice. a good time, yeah. And it's good to see them. They've already uh, jumped the, the pond and they're sky, uh, skydiving. I think he went to D-Land, one of the kids. So he, he's super pumped about the sport, man. I mean, like we all are. What what keeps the economy going in Dominican Republic? Like we've got oil and gas here in Houston that feeds I, a lot into the skydiving uh, industry. I think it's a lot of agriculture and uh, the tourism is totally popping up. Man, you hear about these? Uh, they got the just those resorts in Punta Cana, La Romana, and Santo Domingo. They yeah, tourism is real big there for sure. But that's for the economy, yeah. And, and then they sell a lot of agriculture for sure. Look at your avocados and your bananas, man. They're probably coming from there. Man, you just sound sexy and you're making me hungry. Right. We, 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 every time he rolls Spanish out of his <laughs> mouth, I want to be in there. So <laughs> it just sounds good. Yeah. Wait, so I didn't realize you spent so much time in Dominican Republic. Yeah. I, I didn't think I was ever going to do that either until the opportunity presented itself. And it's been a very rewarding rewarding experience and is that the only drop zone in dominican republic yeah he's gonna kill it man. so that's one of the reasons the fun jumpers are killing it because they're starving they got no place else to go and thankfully what's the guy's name elmel cabreja and edian garcia that's his girlfriend she does the admin stuff yeah and he runs the the DZ. say his name again for a white boy elmel oh uh, elmer, elmer elmer cabreja <laughs> Thank you, Elmer. Elmer. Elmer Cabreja. Elmer, it's like the guy from Bugs Bunny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elmer Fudd. Fudd. For, yeah, you're one of those sure. people, like, your your accent in English is so subtle, <laughs> but then when you hit the Spanish, it's, like, full on. It's a switch. It's, like, yeah. completely polar opposite. Yeah. But he's, DJ's not wrong. It's sexy. It's a, Better watch out. I guess I learned to assimilate some certain things and, you know, and I just flipped this. My mom was an English teacher, so she made sure I knew English very uh, well even though i fuck it up still but <laughs> the army helped me get the left right left back into place but you know the puerto rican just it's we call it a stain la mancha de platano i have a plantain stain <laughs> and that means i'm puerto rican yeah. <laughs> wait hang on explain that a little bit more it's just a way to, to say that you're 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 local so you have a, a a stain right you're stained from you know the boston they got the boston or oh, okay something like okay that. So, but you're stained as a puerto rican with a plantain you're you're stained with plantains is okay. that a racist thing because because nah, man kind of white are they saying your english is too no nah, brother because when you you you're cooking plantains and you have to peel the plantain because it's not like a banana you can't just peel it you have to knife the thing and peel it like a potato 
that shit stains. Like you're going to get stained. Your fingers are going to get black eventually. And so we have that stain. It's part of our culture. Plantain is our potato, like beyond. I was going to say like I'm stained by rice, but rice don't stain. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more, man. Yeah. So we have a plantain stain. La mancha platano. And I'm proud to have that. Did we talk about Puerto Rican food last time you were here? I can't remember. Because man Did fried plantains, ta- holy shit. Yeah. Did we talk about food? Fried plantains, God, mashed plantains. <laughs> I'm telling you, potatoes. Just think of anything you can do with potatoes. We do it with plantains. And what's your favorite way to eat them? Uh, tostones. Tos- I, don't, I don't know what Tostones that is, uh, you get the plantain, you cut it into like small cylinders. You fry that. And once it's done frying, you bring it out and now you mash it. And then you fry it again, mm. and then you have this chip, this plantain okay. chip. It can be thick, it could be thin, just depends how you like it. But I love it with all my food, tostones. Perfect. Yeah. So, uh, skydiving in Puerto Rico is kind of interesting to me because I I just imagine so much like a, a tourist thing. But you were doing some AFF out there, weren't you? I started. I started at the end to do some AFF. It, I, I are any of the other drop zones there doing that? Yeah. Yes. The Skydive Puerto Rico is totally killing it for sure with uh, bringing bringing the sport up and uh, and creating a, a bigger um, uh, how, population. What do you want to call it? I don't know, just it's bigger. There's a lot more students and there's a lot more movement going on thanks to the product they have brought. Correct. And I'm trying to continue to increase that. How does that fit in with the business model of kind of the 182? It hurts, yeah, for sure. The guys, the the jumpers just, they they don't want to come because they're not going to 14,000 feet and they can't do four ways, five ways. But I'm like, man, then you really don't know about skydiving, you know. The best fucking jumps are fucking two ways for days, you know. And you didn't get to 14,000 feet, but 10,000 feet, you can do a lot of things. So, and then, of course, you're, you're... at this other skydiving center. So, you know, they're the best over there. So they don't want to go to the not so best. So, you know, but I think if I ever get to the point where I do have an aircraft that goes to 14 grand, I know they'll skip back over to me <laughs> for sure. What's, uh, what's been your favorite part of, uh, of owning your own operation? Uh, mm, I don't know. That's a good question, man. Um, I guess not having to report to anybody but myself. But then I just also I can't really say I enjoy the business side either, you know, having to go home and crunch all these numbers and answer all these emails. And yeah, no, it's 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 difficult. It's difficult. Like I I feel like I'm on vacation here at Spaceland. My name comes up on the board. I work. The name's not on the board. I chill out, hang out. (laughs) It's lovely. Yeah. What's uh, have there been any like unforeseen responsibilities as a, as a business owner, drop zone owner, I feel like you're a pretty uh, well-rounded person. Like you're responsible, you're smart, you're capable. So I imagine that you had a pretty realistic sense of what it was going to be like to operate a drop zone. Has there been anything that you felt kind of blindsided by? I wouldn't say blindsided, just more like it's more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's uh, overwhelming, eh, maybe not, I can handle it. But just like, wow, okay, uh, I knew I wasn't going to have that much fun, but I really wanted to have a little bit of fun. <laughs> but then I, I say, I am having fun, man. Like, I, I, I get to toss drugs at home, and it's, it's people that, that I know, and I'm getting to spread the sport. And you guys know me. <laughs> and then 
and I can see my house when I jump out. And my house is on a beach. It's an apartment. We got a pool. You know, it's lovely when I go home. I get to walk my dog on a beach. My cat follows me around. It's a great time, you know. So I, as long as it's paying the bills, it's okay. But I guess the aircraft and pilots. Pilots. I hate pilots. <laughs> Tell me why. I hate pilots. Oh, man. I you kind of need one. Yeah, holy shit. And that's why Unless I started taking pilot lessons. Load. I started taking pilot lessons because I got uh, frustrated. I guess that's that's pilots. Pilots. Man, man. we are. They're not bad people, but it just depends on their goals matching with yours. If their goals don't match with yours, they're very difficult employees to deal with, for sure. It's a difficult industry to staff, period. It doesn't matter. And, Nick, you know that extremely well. Uh, pilots, it seems to be the across-the-board hardest thing to staff. It, it doesn't matter what DZ I've been on. It, it doesn't matter where I've been. It, 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 they are just hard. If they stick around, they can be challenging to deal with. Um, we, we had a guy with thousands of hours who couldn't fly us over the DZ. <laughs> Could not. Like, I, at one yeah. point, we said line up two miles early and DJ's going to spot. And I hung my head out the door and no shit yelled 90 left. Waited a while, said 90 right, and then made a couple tweaks. And then landed and said, how do you know we're flying over the drop zone? Because I look out the left window and I see the drop zone. I'm like, how many fucking hours do you have? Like, how long have you been flying? Um, doesn't understand trigonometry. <laughs> I was like, if you had a glass bottom plane, that works. <laughs> uh, I said it much nicer to the fellow, but yeah, holy cow. So what's the problem you're having with pilots? Uh, well, just the, the normal DZ problems, man. Uh, so, uh, you know, pilots come in and they're going to work in the DZ. They have to have a minimum hours to be able to fly in these planes for the insurance, right? So the insurance requires X amount of hours. But that amount of hours is right between them being commercial pilots and trying to get into some type of corporate uh, airline. So you're going to have them for that time period while they're working for you. They don't necessarily tell you, I'm already looking for another job. And then when the other job comes up, it surprises you because you don't get forewarning so now you got a two-week warning and now you got to find another pilot and pilots are hard to find especially ones that want to work for skydiving because it's not like we pay a great amount anyways right because there's a budget for what we do you know yeah jump costs such so much because the pilot's going to get paid so much until i can have a, a, a more consistent operation where you can pay somebody a salary and then even those salaries aren't going to be that much anyway. So they have to be locals who really don't want to leave and, and, and enjoy the, the, the environment and, and the type of workload. And getting those three lined up is so well and good <laughs> and good pilots. It's just so hard to get. Like you'll get a good one, but he'll leave so quick, you know, or, or you get one that's local but he can't spot for shit, you know, and then you have to stick your head out and do everything <laughs> you do. I'm used to it on a 182. I've always been used to it. It's easier, yeah. but it's still something I don't want to have. I, that's, that's your job, pilot. Yeah, I mean, just open enough. the door and jump, you know. Just let me go. Out. Yeah, let me look and decide. Like, sure, thanks. No, not today. Correct. And, and, and then training pilots. Like, I'm not a pilot, but I have to train pilots. And it's, they, they, uh, we as people, when you're the professional and you have somebody else trying to make input into your profession, people tend to get offended. And I'm like, dude, I've been sitting, 
I'd been kneeling next to pilots for more than 4,000 hours in a 182. I can tell you what it feels like. I can tell you how long it takes. Okay, I might not know the exact numbers back there on your little watches, but I can tell you what it when I poke my head out what it's supposed to be right and what's wrong. And then that, that creates a little bit of conflict because they feel offended when somebody that's not a pilot's telling them how to do their job. And it's like, man, just just let's be humble. Let's listen to each other. It's all about safety, right? I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job. Yes, do it my way. I'm doing my way because I'm telling you for a reason, man. You know, I'm trying to be safe, I'm trying to survive. I mean, if I could take my skill set and your experience, my skill set being a young pilot, your experience being skydiving, I think that would be a great way to learn, but... As you say, a lot of people don't take that criticism well. I, uh, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you're actually a pretty uh, constructive fella. Like when you give input, I, I like watching you work with students. You know that. And part of it is is earlier you you mentioned that you're passionate about teaching and sharing. And yeah, for sure, I man, you you rank amongst the most passionate people I've ever seen share the sport of skydiving. And uh, I've known some really great passionate people. So I, I absolutely mean that with a lot of respect. Um, but but uh, watching you when you deal with conflict with students, I've seen you deal with it. And I can usually tell when you're getting frustrated because I know you. <laughs> but it doesn't always come across to the student. As a matter of fact, I think you, you sometimes when I get frustrated, I get a little bit calmer. So I don't yell. Right. And I see every now and then when you get frustrated, you just kind of temper down. Like if you're loud and excited, things are they're great. They're yeah. gravy. I'm Puerto Rican, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Woo. No, I do feel like you've yelled less since you've uh, been back. <laughs> they lost it all out yelling at Francisco. Yeah, yeah Francisco maybe. was there to keep me uh, in the yelling phase. But, but man, you always yelled with like it's a calm yell. Like you just you're loud, but with like direction. Yeah, and I guess that's the military side also. Yeah, you can project so well. I remember once, I think it was the first time you showed up to the drop zone and you had a student and you had like a cadence that you told the student to climb out at. Do you right remember? Hand. Yeah, left hand, left foot. No, right <laughs> hand, right foot. Left was, hand, left foot. <laughs> Check in. And yeah. wasn't one of them like, set, I'm gonna rip like you are you there. ready to party or something? Wasn't that part of it? That's, that's me Dude, right I was there. in the back of the caravan it. shooting a tandem video. You were at the door. It was the caravan. So like lots of wind. The door is loud anyways. And I can hear you clear as day from the outside of the airplane. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's what a skydive is for me, man. It's a sky party. Yeah. Regardless if it's two-way, ten-way, it's a freaking party. Let's go party. <laughs> you ready to do this? Let's go do it. If you're not ready, then sit down, man. I, I do think that adds to the challenge of, of finding pilots because as uh you know as, as much as you can get burnt out skydiving with especially with all the other stresses that can uh you know surround a responsible position at the drop zone you still have that fun of jumping out of the airplane and the energy of connecting with someone who's doing it for the first time yeah. like man being in the landing area on a busy day with excited tandem students landing man that that honestly recharges my batteries mm -hmm. but the pilots like i wonder what it is for them that uh, that recharges their batteries without having those moments. I got to figure it out because that's the incentive, right? And if we can keep feeding them that to continue to stay, man, I wish I knew that key right now. Aircraft maintenance, that also surprised me. I kind of knew it, but I didn't know shit. <laughs> well, what do you feel like you know about it now? Oh, that's expensive. <laughs> They're like women. They take a lot of maintenance. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then <laughs> there's a lot of maintenance and... 
Yeah, and then, you know, I, it took me a, a couple rotations through different uh, mechanics to try to find somebody that was reliable. But then reliable is, a, you know, a good service. It's a good, it's a hefty cost, right? So I'm always willing to pay the cost as long as I get a good service. But then when those costs start, you know, uh, when you have to try to f- battle for other bills, then you're like, oh, man, you know. Uh, do I really, really need to pay so much money just to change the oil when the pilot can do it? And I just pay him this? No, but the pilot doesn't want to do it because he's scared or whatever. And it's like, ah, yeah. DZO, baby. <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you were different when you left. And I say uh, you were different when you left. A lot of people I hear when they talk about opening their own DZ have these delusions of grandeur of like, this is going to be perfect. It's going to be my way. It's going to be. And you, you had the understanding when you left of like, this is not going to be perfect. This is going to be work. This is going to be a headache. And Nick, Nick already got to the question of how different was it from, from what you expected. Um, why take the break? Why, why step away? Is it, <laughs> it's a force break. It's a force break. Yeah. So right now, if everything was good, you'd still be at it. Oh man, we'd be kicking ass. Actually, I think uh, I think it there was a turn for the better as this year started. Everything started looking better on the books mm-hmm. for sure. And and we'll get to the force break in a second. But with all these things being worse or harder than you expected, and I say worse or harder, just as a degree, not that it's that bad. Uh, are you still enjoying it as much as you thought you would? I'm skydiving at home. I, I'm loving life. Yeah, yeah. I, I I met Isabel during this, and she's been helping us out. And she's a great woman, so she's really helping everything out, uh, rounding us out in in the drop zone. So, just a lot of things have been put together, man. You know, you, you, like I said, I'm repeating. You live on a beach in an apartment with a pool. You know, and <laughs> I'm ten minutes away from the DZ. It's, it, it just feels good, man. It feels good. Not to say that. Spaceland Houston is not a great place. The drop zone is an awesome place. But Rose Sharon, Texas, you know, <laughs> we in the country out here. <laughs> Damn, you do that good. You do that so, so good. You know, it's 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 difficult when I wake up and I look out, not seeing the things I'm used to seeing back home. Dude, the, the pond has a great beach. I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, well, I left suburbia. I'm in the ghetto now, so oh, you well, know, uh, I don't have that lakefront property. <laughs> we can go visit the swamp if you need to, <laughs> you know, put a check in that box. No, thank you. <laughs> it's the, you, earlier you talked about you're working for yourself. Um, that there's something to be said. Like a lot, I've heard friends say, "I want to own my own company because you work less." I'm like, "Oh no, you work way more hours. You answer phone messages, emails." At odd hours of the day, I, I at some point in my life would get frustrated that skydivers would bug me at eight o'clock at night about skydiving things, and I'm very blessed that at very early on in my company, I quickly realized, wait a minute, if I were their boss and they were at work and they started talking about skydiving, should I probably tell them stop doing that and do your job, and they have to do it at night. So, and, and I'm sure you have a similar problem. Customers contact you all around. Correct. It turns into even though I'm working more, I'm working for me. It feels better. I I truly believe that, man. Like just, um, I I just I don't want to talk negative things, right? But just having my own, having to deal with just me and the responsibility of of two or three people that <clears throat> depend on me is okay. But when 
when I'm putting all my effort and somebody else benefits more, it just kind of, yeah, it tings me, and especially if they're not as grateful. You know? If it's grateful, let's do this, homie. I, I'm with you. I mean, I was in the army. I, how stupid is that? Like, <laughs> yes, sir. Whatever you say is good, sir. You know, but now it, it, I have a little more brain to think about you know when i say yes sir i mean it to who i'm saying it and when i don't want to yes sir nobody's like fuck you dude that shit just is not me and space then I, I i enjoy being here man it's it's a good time for sure as you know nick and i were finding ways to get you arrested so you couldn't leave the jurisdiction yeah uh so we obviously enjoy your time here as well we just need a thirteen thousand foot ankle monitor and we should be good to go <laughs> So if we can frame him. He's Puerto Rican. Do you know how much like we could pin on him, and they would totally buy it. I mean, here, he's, got, he's got that plantain. Here, put your fingerprints on this knife. <laughs> Already been accused of running drugs from someone in the uh, Dominican Republic. Yeah, come yep. on, I'll, we'll just. Man, it was funny. You get stopped together. at the airport, like in those random inspections. Like you get a TSA. No, just imagine your whole plane getting randomly inspected. They do that in the, at the one for the one eighty two. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And it was funny the day that it happened. It was, I would say, the worst day that it could have happened because I was breaking a couple of rules. I won't mention them all, but one so you mentioned some of them. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, one of, the, of our passengers, he has uh, his business is growing marijuana, so he has a grow center where he distributes the product, and well, his body smells like it. And everything he owns smells like weed. So as soon as we go into the aduana, what do you call aduana? What do you call where you get inspected at the airport? Customs. Customs. Customs, yes. Aduana. So we went to aduana, and uh, and when they grabbed his bag, they're like, sir, oh, we're going to open this bag, and it smells like a marijuana. And he's like, yeah, I have a grow, you know, I have a grow business. They grow marijuana here in Puerto Rico. Sure, you want to open it? Yeah, yeah, open it. I'm, I know there's nothing in there, and I won't mention the other rules. But yeah, that, so, so we had too many passengers for the seats that were in the aircraft, but we did it because we went to go open up that base site, which was totally worth it. Also, <laughs> yeah, and we got the pilot to fly right over that base site, and I ah, just got a little lower. And then when we met the folks from that beach, they're like, "Oh, you were the guys who flew over. We thought you were gonna drop something." <laughs> And I was like, no, bro, if you only knew, we just got inspected. We almost got fingered at the airport. <laughs> oh, man, so close to having a good time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is, is marijuana legal in Puerto Rico? Uh, medical. Medical. You can get uh, a license for it, a yearly license, but it's not legal legal. I, f I feel like that's one thing that Texas is still lacking. so behind. Mm. Like, man, Utah, where I'm from, is a state filled with conservative crazy mormon people and even they've got medical marijuana it's just it's funny to me that uh texas has so many freedoms and liberties i think i've probably talked about this on the show before you you can own a tiger and a bazooka but you can't own can't a, a plant weed. that uh, grows naturally <laughs> out of the ground that's insane and i don't even like i don't smoke like i don't i don't even do that but mm. it's like it still just seems like such a silly thing to uh to Correct. be so late in the game yeah it is weird but uh, Puerto Rico yes. is kind of like the 51st state. Yeah, some people want that to happen for sure. How do Puerto Ricans feel about it? It's a 50-50 still. It's up and down, you know, on that 52-48, 52-48. How do you feel about it? Man, uh, it's, it's a difficult 
to put on. Uh, I can't pick a side because it's just like any politics. You know, it's a red or red or blue, but it's not red or blue, man. There's there's a whole bunch of in between, you know. And I wish we can get all the in between and not just be it all red or be it all blue or be it all green or be it all gray, you know. There there should be a, a better way of of dealing with things. And right now, Puerto Rico is in a particular social political economical situation where we can't really decide what is good for puerto ricans and puerto ricans can't make that choice like we have a we have a junta we have a, a board above our governor that controls everything so we go to the governor we vote for something the governor says yay And then when it goes to the board, the board says, nah, we're not going to do that. Fuck y'all. Yeah, basically. So, and now, now our, <laughs> our esteemed governor is basically, he was part of that board before he was governor. So, you know how things are starting to, you know, just, they, they, they lean one way or the other. And of course, when it gets too far to one side where there's a lot more of friction on the <laughs> island. So for sure right now, uh, there's, a. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I'm I'm for both of them to a certain degree, you know. Like, yeah, a statehood would be good, you know. My my blue passport is fucking awesome, mm. but lately that blue passport, you kind of want to hide it, you know, if you go to another country, you know. But then we come into that. Uh, you, you mean know. like when you go to the DR, it's like a frowned upon thing? No, not the DR. DR, you're golden, bro. You're psh, magic. Make like, it rain. Where would you go that you're going to hide that passport? Yeah, I would say something like Europe, Africa, you know, Middle East. Just people mocking and looking down on Americans. Yeah, just where we're not welcome, you know. I can't go to Russia right now with that thing, you know. I'd feel that safe, you know. But, yeah. I don't want to go to France with it. I just don't want to go to France. <laughs> I, I, dude, I've heard wonderful things about France. I've just heard it's full of French people, so it's a problem. <laughs> I heard that, Jake. That sorry, Louis. Good. Sorry. Louis. <laughs> Olivier, we love you, bro. Man, no, I know a lot of were really you, Were you the people. one popularizing that joke in the last couple of weeks? <laughs> no. What joke? Oh, that when you say something's French, like French kissing or... Yeah, French. Well, everything French, French is toast, good. Everything French is better. Except, except for French people. people. You know, French no, toast but is good, like French fries, French kiss, yeah. except French people. Yeah, That's mean. I'm going to grab another beer. I enjoy it. Have at it. No, I had nothing to do with it, man. I had nothing to do with it, but... I don't I don't believe that. No, I really don't, man. Oh, we need to talk to uh, Jesse Tex about the film festival. Okay. Are we... we uh, let's do it. Fuck it. Do it when for the... Same that, thing. That event we talked yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Is that August? Is that how far away? Is What date is that? Mm. Uh, I have a calendar. Tropical Space Camp. Uh, I have the dates written down. I can look real quick. I feel like it's August. Like August. 20, yeah, 24th through 27th is what I want to say. Sounds about right. Of my head. Not that I'm counting down the oh, days or anything. what? It's really close. I'm back. That's a little last minute. I, I mean, I think that I could put together a promo video. I need some ideas, though. Can we get actually get enough entries and get people popping in two months? I don't know. I guess it would be easier towards the end of the season when people actually have footage from the year that they're going to use. Hadn't thought about that, but people are going to want their tropical space camp footage for the edit that they're going to put together later in the year. Yeah. What about September? What's going on in September that we do can do? Do you remember uh, Labor Day Buggy? Is that here in Houston? Yeah. 
Okay. I get confused which Spaceland events are at which Spaceland DZs. It really yeah, they have so Come far. and Take It Boogie San Marcos. We've got Labor Day Boogie. Buggy? Come and Take It. Tiki. Come and come t- Tiki. I saw that. In yeah, Come and Tiki Boogie. The uh, they're getting all tropical Tiki themed with it. Well, as a proud Texan, still like Come and Take It. And then uh, Dallas has the Revolution Boogie in That's July. <clears throat> and then... There's something. It used to be the birthday bash in Atlanta. Yeah, I think that's October. Yeah. So September. No, they, they had a Halloween boogie. I don't remember when their uh, birthday bash is, but I think September's pretty good. Let's be back at that off. Yeah. Let's, so, the summer's winding down. What's in September? Um. So, man, what, you you are in a forced break. Forced break. Forced break. Like, is that... What what's going on? Is the plane broken down? Is yeah, that? yeah. You know, when you're... Uh, when you only have... Uh, yeah, one aircraft, you're not an owner of multiple aircrafts. If one goes down, well, your operation shuts down, right? And uh, the maintenance took uh, longer and was more expensive than we expected. So we had to make uh, a decision, a timely decision, in order to either maintain the business. So you got to pay the bills. So uh, that's why Cisco left first. As soon as the aircraft went down, we, we sent him off to go... Uh, make some income while I uh, evaluated what was going on and how much time we actually had uh, before I had to go get a job or, you know, get some uh, higher income than unemployment. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, well, that date uh, got close. And once we found out the cost, the estimated time, well, I reached out. uh, I reached out to, uh, actually, I reached out to Marcy and Logan first up in Ohio cuz uh, we were speaking cuz she's she has some connections not connections just some I guess we'll call it gossip through the Dominican Republic she owns uh properties down there I believe so she visits a lot okay um and <clears throat> yeah her her father's uh trying to uh they're estranged uh they're trying to open a drop zone in Dominican Republic so he showed up at that DZ down there one day you know talking all, a lot you know. You know, it seemed like an okay guy, but a lot of weird stories, stories. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I went off track. Talking about, you, you were talking to Marcy first? Correct. Talked yeah. to Marcy first. Yeah, I totally went off track. Sorry for gossip, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then I had to swallow my pride, I think, a little bit and call uh, you, Nick, because I just, you know, I left and I don't know. Felt weird for me. Maybe uh, I thought I might get rejected somehow, but I called uh, with certain circumstances, allergies to cats and stuff like that. Uh, I had to make sure that everybody was comfy where I was gonna go try to make income. And well, Spaceland always welcoming, and it just felt right at the moment. So. Uh, once Nick said, yeah, dude, get your ass over here, I bought a ticket. It wasn't maybe that same day, maybe the next day. The ticket was bought, and we made a decision to come back. I'm glad you swallowed your pride, so to speak. I don't know of any reason why you would feel that you need to, because uh, we always enjoyed having you here. Um, love having you back. 
Um, I think you know and see that, though, just by the way you were welcomed back by everybody. Yeah, for sure. It just I felt when I left, you know, taking a, a couple of the staff Yeah, he felt members. bad about stealing Chara and uh, Cisco from us. Yeah, for sure. That's, what, that's what it is. <laughs> but, man, you know. Because the, they're superstars, man. They're fucking superstars. They're don't worry. I, I steal the staff, too. I mean, where they go, they're, Chara's they're cool. an asset, for sure. Man. Dude, Chara's awesome. Chara is awesome. Chara, but is, so, Chara so, had a great shit. time in Puerto Rico, So is Cisco. I'm just, I'm just taking a jab at him. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> Yeah, cares. Uh, <laughs> but, man, I, th- I think this is a lesson that I learn over and over of, uh, man, a lot of times it's just business. And it's fair to have personal feelings. And uh, it's best to make clear decisions with your personal feelings set aside most of the time. Correct. It's uh, never a problem to you know follow a hunch, follow your gut, follow your feelings about uh, who a person is and what they may or may not bring to the team. But, man, if... Uh, Business is business, and people can perform a role and, uh, you know, get get things checked off the list and especially be a, a positive and capable person while doing that. Man, I, uh, I have a really easy time letting uh, that sort of thing be water under the bridge when it comes to, to business. And we really, really appreciate it, man. And, man, Issa, uh, your lady, has come along with you. She's yeah. been awesome. Yeah, she she She's, sure. uh, I love note takers. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I love people that uh, ask a good question because anyone can ask a question, but when you can tell that there's thought put into the question before it comes out and uh, that they listen and input that information, man, not everybody is like that. Mm. And it's great. It's great to feel like someone uh, cares to do a good job and that they, uh, you know, they want to learn, they want to grow. It's awesome. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, she's, uh, we went from a rinky dink operation to a full blown corporation, you know, and it's, uh, it was, a. I always looked at it as a, she could come here to, to learn what I'm trying to copy paste in Puerto Rico. Cause everything we tell her to do in Puerto Rico, we're finally going to go to the place that I was trying to emulate, you know, that's cool. like, this is what I'm talking about when I, in Puerto Rico, this is how I want to do it. This is how I want to do it. This is how I want to do it. Because I learned it here, obviously, and from my other mentors. Um, but it was so great to go watch how it works. Come over here. Because in Puerto Rico, we were not doing bags to back. We were landing. I'd have to pack then do my briefing as a tandem instructor and take the next two students up. And we can get maybe four or five loads in a day. And that's that's a lot of work. It's humping. And uh, so there was never any type of, you know, load of... Uh, how to load a plane, how to do this back-to-back thing, how to, a lot of the systems can't be put into place just because of the size of the operation. So I was like, let's go look at the big operation so you can see what's up. And then you can, guys can help me plug and paste in Puerto Rico and make that, you know, what, what I really wanted to be down there, just a safe place uh, to skydive and to have some fun, great learning environment. Speaking of, of business in Puerto Rico, it seems like there's been a pretty big influx of like wealthy businessmen moving to Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, man, the, that's the, that part of that socioeconomical situation ta- we're talking about. Taxes are good there, right? <laughs> uh, correct. If you're uh, outside of coming in, taxes are great. You have to. Uh, live oh, is that there. not the same for people who? No, locals, we get fucked. Oh man, that yeah, sucks. I can't. I can't get the same incentives as. You three could get if you man. I'm retiring in Puerto Rico. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. Fuck that's, a that's, duck. So yeah. So the problem <laughs> there is, uh, you'll retire there, 
you will bring economy to us. You will bring stuff to us. You're welcome. Please come. But the problem is not to point a specific set of people, but we'll use them as an example, will be crypto investors. They'll come to Puerto Rico to take advantage, which they have all the right to do, of the tax breaks they'll receive, but then they leave nothing there. So, you, you, yes, you bought a house. Awesome. So who can buy a house? That doesn't bring anything to the economy. And then you take all your tax-free stuff away. You know, you don't, you don't put anything back. And it's, 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 it's hard for the locals to build a business. This harder for a local to build a business versus somebody coming in to build a business. You, you'll get so much, so many more incentives than I received. And so many incentives that would have helped me out so much. Then maybe I wouldn't be here today. And why don't I just own your drop zone for you? Not yeah. really. I don't want to get involved in owning a drop zone. Fuck that shit. I, I've had that conversation. Yeah, man. With, uh, Let me just swoop up your airplane with my Bitcoin right now. Yeah, exactly. Dude, will you accept? <laughs> I, I am interested. I am very interested. Bitcoin. That that is that was my original plan to you know grow something that I can sell. Right, that's any business. Uh, you grow the business, either you sell or you reinvest. I don't want to be the DZO, so I'm going to sell the shit as soon as the opportunity presents itself so I can have a uh, like chief camera guy job. That's mm -hmm. my ideal. That's the job, dude. That, what? That's Come on. That's how I met you, man. It's the best job. Like, what? That's the job I want. Nick but, had a lot of fun doing that job. Yeah, who won't, man? This is a fucking great job. You can be creative. You can fly your parachute. You're, you're always seeing smiley faces, and it, it's just a positive fucking vibe. There's no bad about it. I can't find anything bad about doing video other than selfie cam is fucking everything. <laughs> but it's a moneymaker for a drop zone, so I can talk shit about it. As an instructor, I hate it, but as a drop zone owner, it's a fucking gold mine. Tell me what you hate about it as an instructor. Everything, bro. Man. Just having that shit on my wrist, period. Anything and everything that has to do with anything that doesn't make it safer... It's a fucking hindrance, man. It's it's not, it's not. It takes your attention away from the important things. Period. I uh, keep that mic closer to your mouth. Uh, so said and done. Closer. I I, uh, I agree with. I was gonna call you Francisco. It's um, okay. Cisco's on it too. He hates Cisco. his handicam too. That's <clears throat> why we had a two hundred six first. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry about that. <clears throat> I completely understand the business model. I am a fan of what it does offer in a lot of ways and aspects. Um, um, I prefer not to have it because no matter what, it is an extra thing to do. It is an extra issue. I don't have a shitload of hand cam jumps. Um, I have about 700, um, so not, not a minimal number. A lot of those are from the front. Some of those are from the back. Um, it, it's, it is, I think it can be safely done. I think it can be yes, done well. Yes. I think, uh, two things need to it's happen product. and it's just all revolved around training and standards. Yes. Um, Nick knows I'm a huge skeptic of it and I watch what the safety and standards and what everybody's doing around space land and make sure it's done, done the best way it can be done. I, man, I, I, I like seeing it. 
I sat in the video room the other day and as I and as much as I, I don't prefer it, I'm totally cool with it. And I was watching videos and you heard me watching and checking out expressions and man, it just it looks good. I, I really feel like it's uh I don't like hand cam by itself. I really don't like I think the free fall shot is uh cheesy shitty and it's not yeah, yeah you're just staring up somebody's nose. Unless for you've a been a camera uh, unless you've been a videographer to try to get a good shot. Man, uh, Pedro, Hank, you, Matthew doing a really great job of uh, especially like i i think that it adds when we're doing an ultimate video for the per, for the for two reasons you get to kind of see that second perspective and you it's cool maybe this is only because i'm a videographer that i think this is so cool but it's cool to see the videographer out there and just kind of put in uh, perspective how that person's getting that shot i think I love that that's it. neat and then uh, the when the parachute opens the reaction right there and how much fun people are having flying the parachute. Those two things, there really is legitimate value there for me of uh, what you're capturing for someone's experience. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been a Handycam fan. I've always been opposed to it. I, I agree with you of, like, man, I'd much rather have uh, people focused on on teaching. But from the business perspective of, like, man, I want... I want instructors to make as much money as they can make being instructors. Correct. And if that's uh, a revenue stream, then man, yeah, let, let them just, get it. You have to yeah. add that skill yeah. into your, into your uh, toolkit. If, if you're not willing to add yeah. a new skill and just think it's sticking my hand out there, then you just, I think the ultimate right. pot of money for staff to make grows. And if the, if the large pot of money for the staff to make grows, that is a net gain. I did not want to be a tandem instructor. It was not my goal. It was not my desire in life, but yet I became a tandem examiner. I wanted to make a better living and video wasn't, and at that point, hand cam had nothing to do with life at all. I, it just, I, I'm limited with video. I want to make a better income. I need to get a tandem rating. Um, right now there are some restrictions to tandem ratings with medicals and God, I hope USPA can get past the FA medical, um, whole nother conversation, but uh, go get an AFF rating, go do other things. And back to it, that pot of money's larger. And an interesting thing to hear from you this weekend is we've sold more ultimate videos than hand cam only videos, which means that pot has only grown more than more. It, it just continues to expand. Ultimate combo. Ultimate combo. Yeah, I'm really surprised by how well that's doing. Um, I don't know. This is, I don't know, more more business talk than maybe anybody cares to, to hear, but <laughs> we're not uh, advertising those products on our website yet, so customers are just finding out about it when they show up. So I'm interested to see how that might change as we're advertising it to people, that they know that they have these options. Because right now, you know, the way that Spaceland has done it, oh, man. Pause. The way that space. I was going to say something earlier. He won. I didn't. I didn't look at you. I'm he sorry. Won. God, he you're so good, dude. I, I can't look over at you. You're <laughs> handsome. I get distracted. See it happen. I don't even remember what I was talking about. You were talking about uh, hand cam stuff. Oh yeah. The website yet. So if if people know that there's a less expensive option out there, then maybe they come expecting to pay that, and they're not willing to to pay more than that. But honestly, I think that uh, with building it out the way that I've effort like my efforts have gone to communicate it to the customers is this is like uh, there's more value in these higher video packages and I just want that to be very visible and I'm almost kind of shaming just the the selfie product Shame it. if you look at the video card yeah. that the customer fills out it says if all you need it's is proof smaller. this is it yeah it's everything about it smaller <laughs> like that's all totally intentional of like yeah I guess you can do this if you want but this is the cool stuff yeah. and uh 
you know, I think the way that we're, that we're visually sharing that with people lets them see that, that it is the cool stuff and that we have a pretty great group of outside videographers who do a really good job. And uh, that's why it's called Pro Video because they're a bunch of professionals. And uh, we maybe stole that word from somebody else who uh, have, has already used it that way. But that's skydiving for you. but no it felt great and you know uh, one other thing I really didn't even think about this until this week of you know uh, in the skydiving world we call it a spec video a speculative video sale when a videographer goes and chases a tandem pair who didn't buy video in hopes of selling them that video and that always has costed us a slot on the airplane for a videographer to go do that or the videographer's paying for their own slot to go do it and now it's like man we have such a you know basically every person can have a video spec with uh, the number of qualified tandem instructors that we have and some percentage of spec videos sell which is great for the business and for me the bigger appeal to that is it's giving more people the ability to share their story about skydiving and have that memory of their first jump and advertise on social media and send more business because their friends see they went on a skydive I do. You say you haven't advertised it yet and you wonder how that's going to affect that cheap and sell but ultimately I think when it's on the website and advertised, it will affect sales. But I think to the higher end packages, because people see these things and they're like, oh, yo, that's an option. I need to save some extra. I need to come a little bit more prepared. I, I do think um, it'll boost sales to the higher end product. And I think so, too. And that has been happening. <clears throat> and, uh, man, it's great for the drop zones, great for the instructors. It's great for the, the videographers when those uh, ultimate video packages sell. And it's uh, a little tough with the editing process right now because it's just uh, something we don't have a lot of practice with, but we're getting it. We're working it out. You guys have a templated uh, video system, right? Yes, we have uh, software that's designed from the ground up to edit tandem skydiving videos. So basically plug and play the the videographers shoot X number of shots with X composition in it. Kind of. There there are some like uh, what we use is called V-Shortcut. And V Shortcut still requires an editor to go. Basically, they have a couple of tasks. They need to go in and show in free fall the uh, areas where we want to use slow motion. And we need to uh, show it where we're doing uh, interviews to adjust the volume. But the videographers all have some level of creative freedom. Like uh, Felipe might have four clips on the ground before he gets to the first interview with the student. Okay. And Alex might have his interview be a second shot. And both of those are totally cool. And the software is totally capable of handling both of those scenarios. And uh, as videographers, we're just giving visual cues to the editors so they can catch those moments really quickly. And, uh, you know, an experienced editor with our traditional... Um, video layout, like like what we're calling pro video now, is uh, about 90 seconds for an edit, so it's, it's pretty fast. There are other products out there that I haven't tested that uh, work for uh, work better for hand cam-only operations that are using the actual telemetry. And I think like the Rebel. Yeah, I think Rebel. 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 I think that's one of they them. Suck. Yeah, and I haven't heard positive things from any anyone uh, in the industry about them other than the company themselves. They gave me a demo, uh, the PIA in Dallas, that was pretty decent. And I think then they had their own proprietary camera systems that they wanted you to use. And, uh, man, GoPro is just, they're innovating so fast. Like the And that's another reason why I've kind of conceded to hand cam of like man it doesn't look nearly as shitty as it used to the stabilization's there the the shot's so much wider the cameras are smaller and uh quality's outstanding yeah i I don't think being limited by a specific camera 
is a, is a great move, but uh, V shortcut has worked really well for us. And um, it's just the number of clips in those ultimate videos can be a little overwhelming if your eyes aren't used to it. And uh, it's just like learning any other new thing. We're just not well practiced with it yet, but we're getting there. How long does it take to edit one of those right now? Man, for me, it's not uh, all that much longer, but man, I'm just super familiar with how the uh, regular video, like the pro video, our, our, our traditional video looks. And uh, <laughs> I'm the one that wrote the shot list for the tandem instructors for what the hand cam stuff should look like. So I know what I'm, you know, <laughs> I know what I'm expecting. Sure. So I know, I, I see all the little parts and where they, where they need to go. So for me, it's a few minutes. For the newer editors, it's, uh, you know, five, five or six, maybe seven minutes if you're really struggling. But it's, uh, I mean, I just compare it to packing of like, you just got to remember the steps. And part of learning the steps is memorizing the steps before you uh, can go through and thoroughly do the steps efficiently. Repetition. That's it. Do it over and get, over again. Get those good reps. Right. We're going to get uh, plenty of opportunities to practice. Yes, sir. Right foot, left hand. Right, <laughs> climb out, dude! I have such a vivid memory of that. Like, more so the sound than the visual. Dude, I, I remember seeing your face yelling, but it was just like so impressive how you were cutting through the wind, and you didn't sound angry like what we were saying earlier. It's just, just really strong. like authoritative, man. Yeah. It was great. Dude, hey, I, it so worked. I have a, also a very vivid memory. I wonder if it, how crazy it might be if we had the same memory from the same load. Dude, it might be. I remember who the student was. I'm not. I don't remember names or yeah, anything I like have, that, but I remember it was. Uh, it was a kid. I think his parents might have been there anyway. He had just turned 18 and he kind of needed not a, not necessarily a dose of the real world, that. but like, Hey, we're doing a real thing right now. Like get ready. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the student or not, but I think uh, I'm remembering it. It wasn't no blue suit. It must've been a black or a red, right? I think it was somewhere around there. Is this ringing a bell for you, Nick? I, or I feel like it was a black person? suit. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, Felipe, I think we have a great instructional staff and I think that we have a diversity of uh, coaching techniques amongst that staff. And I think that the people who have, uh, been there for long enough and are familiar with other people's uh, personalities and you know the tools that they have in their tool bag as far as teaching techniques it wouldn't surprise me if someone put that student with you on purpose because they knew that you had that authoritative vibe to put them in their place maybe maybe like, i can't in, remember in my either, memory this yeah. person was scared of climbing out of the airplane and yeah. had been timid and uh not great at it. And you fucking fixed that right but he up. killed it he killed it if i remember correctly but, uh, i don't feel like it was just that one one no case. no I've, I've lowered my voice at the at the at the door for sure i haven't been screaming at people just you know everybody changes everybody adjusts and uh You'll you'll hear me use it when I need to. I think. Yes, but right no, now, no tool, tool every everybody that I've got to the door really doesn't need it. I'll repeat it maybe a little bit on the ground, but uh, yeah, it's a tool that I'll pull out when I need it. Yeah, it's a it's a really good uh, tool set and done. Pavlonian responses, you know, the Pavlov's dog response to the bell. <laughs> Inserting keywords to to activate action. If you can just think that keyword, it means so much. Um. Uh, Skydive Dallas before we bought it was exactly, and I say was it was the way the staff was instructed to teach and train was exactly uh, what I saw from you. It's it's what a lot of people teach and train, and I will teach and train and promote it to all ends. Um, early on, use it a lot. So when you have that student, you need it for. 
Felipe now can just adjust to whatever. He's mellow. He's chill. Everything's good. He doesn't pull it out. But the second he has Nick on a hand or a, a, a SDP, he's going to be right hand, right foot, left hand. Man, <laughs> yep. he's going to be putting you in place because you have honed that craft. And I, I, it's it's something I think a lot of examiners, not all, but a good number of examiners teaches to, to be the way you are. And it's one of the, the reasons I liked watching you teach because we teach to do those things, but you will, people don't do it. And back to it, you've mellowed. You found a nice, happy medium. But are you happy you have that tool set now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and to be assertive without uh, overwhelming, to be assertive without uh, intimidating, it can be a challenging skill. It really, really can. And I've watched you do it uh to a good balance so kudos thank you thank you yeah so you're you're on a break the plane's broke can we go back to that yeah, there? the plane's good now the plane's yeah. flying the plane's back in the dominican republic it has it has three uh damn it three propellers instead of two well not three propellers three, three blades three blades instead of two the engine's overhauled so he's gonna start jumping uh this weekend and everything's back to normal over there we just have to pay the bill now so Elmer is flying the plane right now. Yeah, Elmer will be flying the plane, correct. And do you guys share that plane? Uh, like I said, we were leasing that plane. Ah, that was the plane we were right. leasing the last year. The first plane we had was a 206. And that's why uh, we were. I wanted a 206 just so I can fit that videographer in there. That fifth body. Because I really, no, six bodies. We can fit the them J. in there. depends if you have the right uh, If you have model. you and Cisco for students. Or, uh, uh, Correct. As camera guys. Hank. We don't have, we're say Hank or Felix or uh, the, what's the, uh, Felipe, uh, Philippe. You know, a big Swedish guy back there. It's not going to work, you know. Nothing more than 170 pounds. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I had a 206. So I can promote the outside video. And just like Spaceland's ultimate video, we had a deluxe. And the deluxe sold so well. Because you can just upgrade. You can upgrade and upgrade. And people just love the name. It's it's a marketing keyword technique and it, and it works when you're talking about selfie oh man you're just gonna get this and about the ultimate or the deluxe you know oh, people fall for it and i mean i fall for it too when i go to some places you know and it, it works and that's why i wanted it and that's why i had it but business is business and the plane had to get sold uh, i didn't have uh we weren't we didn't have enough uh, credit on our uh, business account per se. In other words, for a business to get a loan, you need to have at least two to three years worth of accounting paperwork and taxes in order to submit for a loan. So I didn't have enough money to buy that plane. It would have been a perfect plane. I would have still had it. Mm -hmm. Very lovely Blue Angel. But they sold it and I had to find another plane and uh, we were lucky enough that Elmer was opening up his drop zone at that time and he was having the challenges of not being or was not given the permission or a consistent permission for the airspace and he would only get one week in a month or one week in every two months and I reached out and he said yeah I'll rent you my plane it's not doing anything while it's sitting here and we worked like that for almost a little bit over a year and until, obviously, the plane uh, got damaged and now we're on pause. So now the plan is to go back in October and open back up? Correct, correct. If I can uh, meet my goal, 
Uh, it's obviously a monetary goal of uh, whatever X amount is. And other factors, we can get started in November. If not, what I'll probably end up doing is going back to the Dominican Republic and finishing paying off my debt at the Dominican Republic working for him. And then I'll go back home with uh, that X number of capital to continue Lazona for sure. And are you going to be leasing a plane again? Are you looking to save up to buy a plane? Uh, we're, we're still open to both options, but we w- I would love to purchase a plane just to have it on our side. Uh, it cuts a lot of costs. And uh, yeah, if the plane is not uh, on, well, then you don't have to pay anything. When you're leasing it, whether it's on or off, you have to pay a minimum. And those minimums sometimes can can be difficult to pay if you're not running the plane. Obviously, if the plane is running, all these minimums are easy to pay. All the leases are easy to pay. But once that number dips below, then it, it, it becomes a struggle to to pay that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, the headaches of owning a drop zone. It's I want to be chief camera person. Yeah, I I I joke regularly when, and I don't have nearly the the facility overhead that a drop zone does with the rating center. I mean, you're in the office. This is this is pretty much what we have besides a classroom to teach out of. But I'm the janitor. I'm the secretary. That's what the owner is. You, oh, you yeah. do all the shitty jobs. You're the one who's painting, cutting the grass. You know, picking up the garbage. Hey, the, the shitter's clogged up. Yeah, hey, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> it's so crazy because small drop zones, and I say small, medium drop zones, and even some larger drop zones, the staff just does those things with the owner. And uh, we are so lucky here. We have a team to take care of those things. Yeah, and, I guess yeah. just because of the size it requires. Yeah. When it's a smaller thing, it feels more family, so you feel more like I'm taking care of you because yeah. you're taking care of me. You know, By picking up the garbage, it doesn't seem like a chore. Yeah. But once 10 people are dumping garbage there, it becomes a chore. You have to assign somebody to pick up that garbage. We're also lucky enough that there are uh, many days a year uh, where the staff just wouldn't have the time to do anything. Thank thank goodness as the season gets moving, the staff is commonly jumping all day long. Yeah. So, you know, I did it, the small, medium drop zones, it's not uncommon that you make a couple of jumps in the day and you have the rest of the day to mow the grass where... Man, things start to get swinging, and it looks like things are starting to swing. Uh, and business are starting to pick up. Some are starting to roll closer. Oh yeah, we've had uh, some great weather in the last <laughs> week, amid a Sunday, and uh, business has shown up when the weather's shown up. It's been good. Nice man, it's good to see. It's good to hear. I always uh, like showing up on the DZ and not get to talk to my friends uh, because you're just too busy humping and jumping and doing your thing. I'll just bug the shit out of Nick instead. I, I'm good at that part. Poor Nick. No, we, we we he he moves with me when I gotta move. He's good. <laughs> yeah, we've both uh, managed enough business around the DZ that if one of us needs to talk to the other, we commonly just flow and work it out together. And it's weird because sometimes we'll separate when we just realize things aren't going where we need them to, and at some point we just cross paths and it just goes on till it goes on. Nice. So, hey, did you watch that Ashbag video, instruction filling video? Uh, you know, I think that you've shared it with me once before. I think because I have. When, when you said it, I, I saw the thumbnail with you and Val, and I went, oh, yeah, th- this this video does exist. Yeah, it's uh, super easy to follow. I, I really uh, wish I could be here to help with that one. And, and there's uh, a way to lock that bag closed that I'm not going to do, right? If you follow that video, you should be gold. Okay, great. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> an old Spaceland jumper, a, a guy named Larry. 
passed away and his family wants his ashes spread across. And many years ago, a buddy of mine named Dennis Anderson passed away and, and a mutual friend of ours, Jay, uh, has suggested a ash bag made by a guy named Yo-Yo. And it's, have you seen the ash bag? No, no, yeah. I have not seen the. I saw some containers Nick showed me the other day. But oh yeah, that that's just a little one. I saw a bag a couple years ago that spilled all over uh, Raul. Yeah, that was letting a tandem suit and rip open a giant uh, baggie. Okay, yeah. so it's not that, right? No, it's no. <laughs> okay. So basically, I jumped number ten. It's fun. You've got kind of like a hand cam glove grip to it, and it's a sleeve that wraps around your arm, and on top of it is basically a deployment bag, a small rectangular deployment bag. And inside of that bag is a free fly tube that's this long, this big around, a few feet long, a few inches around, and you twist the end or you roll the end up, you fill it with ashes, you twist it just right, lay it in there, and the handle on your hand, you spread it, free fly tube dumps all the ashes. You, we go out, we make a normal skydive fly, do formate, whatever it's been free flown with. Um Dump the ashes. The ashes go above you, not in your face. Or they, on the container. Or in the container. They they splash out all at once. So the, the scene from the ground is wonderful. And, and for me, that was huge because you're there to honor that person's family who's probably on the ground. And they want to see, in this case, Larry. Right. They want to share Dennis's you know memory. Um, I've been able to land. Nick has been on some of these jumps and look up and still see those clouds so it's a pretty wow. solid solid dispersal yeah and that sounds uh memorable <clears throat> for sure yeah. something to give uh their family members uh, something good to remember it's, yeah man and it's uh it is that so especially if they were skydivers you know look up one last time to see your, that your my knife one. you steal my knife dude yeah, i love so. that knife i did just showed up today so what it's don't cut a, yourself oh you should recognize those things you're oh, i know how to use them bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> be careful i'll take it away you wouldn't even notice <laughs> yeah i'm japanese we don't use knives we use swords oh, <laughs> giant oh. knives man I've, I've wanted an out the front knife for a while i've been looking for some otf uh, out, out, otf yeah that's a that's that is yeah oh, i i think what, alex what's wrong with switchblade it sounds cool it sounds uh, tough so switchblade is so that could be an out the front without being a switchblade that's both but don't hurt my don't hurt me. Wait, hang um, on. Can you pop that thing one more time? I want to, oh, hang on. Give, give me like a three, two, one pop. What three, two, one pop? Yeah. Well, well way more. What three, two, one pop? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying the new soundboard over there. Are I we? think I am. I've been waiting for a chance to bust it out, and I think that was it. <laughs> Look at you. You got jokes. Look at you. You got jokes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, we got a new. I just set up a rim here. shot for you, and you didn't take Dude, it. Yeah, bah, I so I've seen that's we've had that one for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So the way it's set up right now, I have to re-edit it to make it repeatable. I but, see. <clears throat> so I'm so glad I got to use that. Yeah, the, <laughs> I saw the the rim shot on there too. I can't remember what it did, so I didn't want to just whip it. Up don't for you don't know what a rim shot is? Hang on, hit it. <laughs> Not a rim job. Oh, okay. That's yeah, a rim my shot. mind immediately went to the gutter. You went to rim chop. Like you Ooh, thought you were going to push it. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> exactly. You were going to get something poppy. out of the seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hi, Poppy. <laughs> this, button, this button is not a sound effect. It does something else. <laughs> Four dimensions. Isn't it funny how excited a group of straight men can get <laughs> over a rim job? <laughs> what, are, what are we all hiding here? I'm kissing you guys. You're giggling about rim jobs. Come on. Yeah, I guess we've all made out and we just don't know it. <laughs>
So are we Eskimo brothers for Nick? I guess we are. are. I guess so. (laughs) Damn, man. That's so funny. (laughs) I'm sitting at home and there's a room full of dudes sitting around someplace talking about how they've all kissed me. Like, how weird is that? I'm that I'm that dirty girl that kissed all the dudes. Yeah, there's gotta we gotta come up with like a name for the group, like uh, Nick like, Sluts. Yeah, Nick Sluts or like I don't like that sounds <laughs> different. Know, like kissed and <laughs> forgotten or something. Like now we're on the right like, track. Nick and Jude, and yeah. he hasn't talked to me since. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Sorry, mom. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about that the other day. You just don't want Nick to come over to you and ask you, so how was your jump? Mm-hmm. Hey, I saw, I asked that out of, <laughs> out of genuine curiosity sometimes. Obviously, but then there there was a, for most people or some people walking off the landing, the landing area, it's uh, usually there's a follow-up question. Yeah, those, man, those conversations are difficult, but I feel Necessary. obligated to have them. Oh, for sure, and, man. And, uh, you know, the the strong sense of obligation comes from the few times where I've seen someone do a thing and been like, oh, man, I got to talk to that person about that, and then I don't get to it, and then that person has an accident. And doing the thing that I should that I should have talked to him about. Should have pointed out. And, hey, I get that it's annoying, and, hey, I get that nobody wants to, you know, everyone's just trying to have fun, and, and uh, interactions with authoritative figures are not pleasant. And, man, for the most part, Many of those, well, okay, maybe 50%. Sometimes I actually really enjoy having the conversation. When <laughs> someone's open to the information and they want to learn, like when they realize they've done a, a thing that didn't feel good to them and they're willing to admit to that, man, those can be really great conversations because I can communicate a few simple ideas about canopy flight and canopy traffic and winds and whatever. And, man, I see those light bulbs go off for people. And I, I actually really do like when the conversations go that way. The hard part is when um, someone's uh, not willing to say that they did a thing wrong or when I saw a thing that didn't actually happen. Like, you know what it's like to have, like, the alignment perspective some, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that was or, closer than, well, you thought it was closer than it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have to uh, also keep in mind when starting those conversations, hey, man, I, I could be wrong. Maybe I didn't see that. Maybe they did land on the other side of the cones. Maybe they didn't cross the runway as low as they thought. Maybe that was a different 190 that I saw spiraling. <laughs> and maybe I'm an asshole for, for bringing it up. And so I, uh, I try and remember that, too, when I, when I get into those conversations of, hey, do I have the knowledge base to explain a solution to this person, even if they did do a thing wrong? Uh, and so... Uh, they're all needed. If you're point, pulling someone to the side, they was necessary. Yeah, maybe. I'd hope that most of the time it's a, it's a good conversation. Yeah. But uh, Well, I, if it's a good or not conversation, it's a necessary conversation. Yeah, and just some people are more willing to accept their failures. But And I don't even want, like, I love to, to like, one of my icebreakers is, have you ever been called to the principal's office? Well, <laughs> you ever been called to the school counselor's office? Hey, the counselor's trying to help you not get you in trouble. I'm trying to be a school counselor right now. If and any of them says no to that, do you ever just go, nerd? <laughs> <laughs> nerd. No, but I will now. Good. Yes. But, uh, but man, I, I hate... Uh, Sometimes I just want to blend in at the drop zone. Sometimes I just want to be a skydiver on the drop zone. Sometimes I just want to enjoy the fact that I'm at a place that people are having a lot of fun, and I want them to tell me about it when they walk in, and it's a totally genuine question of, like, man, how pretty were those clouds up there? How great was that sunset? How fun was that jump with that coach? Like, man, I genuinely want to hear that stuff, and that's often what I mean when I ask. And then sometimes someone messed up, 
<laughs> I don't want to start <laughs> shouting at them that they messed up when they, How when they walked jump? over. Because it's like, man, it's so easy to be an asshole in those conversations. And it is so right. Or excuse me, it's so easy to be right in one of those conversations with someone who knows very little about skydiving. And... Uh, and I don't know where I stole this line from, but I know that I've said it a lot of, hey, do you want to be right or do you want to fix the problem? And I want to have a conversation that fixes the problem, not just says, hey, dumb, dumb, you did a stupid thing. Don't do that. Because that's really easy. Yeah. But uh, I'm sorry for anyone that feels uncomfortable when they walk past me. And I am really appreciative for the people that even continue to bust my balls. Like, man, I was getting ready for a, uh, there was an open slot, like a light load on a, on a short call. Man, I grabbed my rig and I was still looking to see what group was going to allow me to join. And, uh, someone came up and pointed out that it was a four minute and 50 second call and I wasn't out in the loading area. And I, man, I fucking loved it. Cause man, yes. I, that that's how it should go. Like, yeah. Hey, Hey, everyone should be reminding everyone of the rules and ball busting is fair game. For, for everybody. And so I appreciate the people who still treat me like a normal skydiver because, man, that I got into skydiving to skydive. I, I never uh, imagined being a, a manager of a drop zone when yeah, that all either. started. And I actually <laughs> said the opposite. I'm, I never want to open a drop zone. What? And, yeah, look at me now. Look at you guys all responsible for shit, man. Weirdos. I, uh, I, I say that I behind the scenes stay responsible for stuff, but I really try to hide doing it all. Um, first of all, nobody should ever treat you like a normal anything, so get fucked about that. <laughs> cool. Uh, second, man, yourself. I really do appreciate your overall approach with people. Um, I do see and hear what you, uh, how you, how you talk to people. Um, absolutely, it's a joke when Nick comes up to you and asks you, uh, how was your skydive? But I do the exact same thing. I think, you know, it's, it's a move I have. And I do it, first of all, I'll actually engage with them about their jump. Like, hey, what did you do? What did you work on? Hey, can I give you a tip about that? I, I want to know something positive about their jump. I usually also have more time at my disposal than you do on the DZ. And then like, hey, man, can I, I, I know sometimes you're landing. Can I give you a tip? Can I give you a hint? Or can, can I give you a suggestion? Um, they, they see it coming when we say that, but it still helps. Because if they see it coming, they're more prepared. They're not on an immediate defensive. Yeah, they're not on their heels. Yeah, you, you've given them given the opportunity to put up their fort, to put up their defenses, even if they're going to lie or bullshit their way out of it. It's probably going to be more productive because they're not. They they on their heels, as you said. So, man, I really appreciate how you do it. I uh, I'm very I'm very critical of safety and training in the sport, but if you have any clue or know me, you're you're not shocked by that. And I'm very critical about, uh, and, and I'm a failure, man. I'm absolutely a failure, but I'm critical about uh, effective communication. You know, sometimes we, we mean it with passion, but we, we come across with too much passion and, and not compassion. Um, I feel like I've, I've done a better job of that over the years. But, um, man, as critical as I am of those things, fuck, I hate saying nice things to you. Um, man, Nick's a piece of shit, but, hey, <laughs> Felipe, he does a really cool. Don't tell Nick I'm saying this. He does a really good job of yeah, he does. We and, all appreciate. I, I do. I do appreciate the compliment from all you guys. It really, it really does mean. Oh wait, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Fuck off. Hold on. Get <laughs> fucked, Leroy. Your head's getting too big. Lamar, no, no. Did I? Did I just compliment Nick Law and he thanked me and not argue with me? I'm pretty sure that just happened. Is that just what the I'm fuck pretty, happened? I mean, that's not holy. That's not, even, that's not even the first time that's happened. <laughs> no, you will sit here and fight and like, hey Nick, you're good looking. Fuck you, man. I'm a piece. I'm sorry. No, it's I. I appreciate that. That's usually that's usually my personality. Did you hang on? Hang on. Hang on, Nick. This close. One, this one's for you. 
Oh, that's so sweet of you guys. No, and uh, man, I, I appreciate the compliment because I've put a lot of effort into consciously having those conversations, and I will be the first person to say that, man, sometimes I still fuck that up. And usually it's uh, when I watch a load that just makes me feel like we can do better as a team. Like when multiple people have multiple problems, man, I get overwhelmed with wanting to have all of these conversations, and I feel, you know... Uh, like the drop zone has let the jumpers down in not doing a better job of communicating the rules and educating them about how to how we should be doing it in, in these scenarios. So it's like I get all of those feelings uh, compacted together, and then sometimes the first person I interact with gets a little bit more of that passion than, than I would like. And usually as I start to talk to them, I can reel it in. But, man, I, I genuinely am sorry for the times that uh, it doesn't come out as smoothly as I'd like it to be. I'd like it to be perfect and productive and necessary every time one of those conversations happens. But uh, know that it, genuine, it really comes from a good place of, like, man, I, I feel like I've done this enough to, to think that I have some valuable information to share with people. And this is easier for me to think about. When I think about my friends, like people that are capable, of, it's like, man, if, if you're capable of helping, then you are kind of obligated to. Correct. And it's easier for me to think that when I look at other people, and it's harder to think about that when I look at myself because <laughs> the feelings that make me uh, reject a compliment are sometimes genuine. Sometimes I do it because it's just fun to shit on yourself. Like it's just self-deprecation is entertaining to me. And sometimes, uh, you know, you have that imposter syndrome that makes you feel like you're out of your league and doing the thing that you're that you're doing right then. And uh, yeah, so it's become more apparent to me that almost every person has that feeling when they find themselves uh, in a in a spot that maybe they've they've taken a long time to grow into. And man, I sure get it sometimes. So uh, sorry for the times where I lose my temper or say some crazy or rude or weird shit. It's not intentional. I just like you guys and I want my friends to be safe and uh, I want okay. I want skydiving to be good at Spaceland. Like part of it is uh, a lot of people have done a lot of work for us to even have the rules that we have there. Like the whole standing on the shoulders of giants who have put those things in place. I feel like I owe it to them to do a good job. And part of it is just like I want to be an elitist fucking snob about our drop zone and be like, man, shit is good here. Like we do yeah. good skydives. We have good canopy pilots. Like this place is awesome. And yes. uh, that place is almost always awesome. And I know it has the potential to be even better. And I just want us to live up to that. For sure. Man, it, I uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, hear, hearing that wholeheartedly just because. I, man, you, I'm one of the people who built a lot of these structures. I'm one of the people who laid a foundation at Spaceland. Um, there are people before me and there are plenty of people after me, but I, I love seeing it. I do, uh, have an absolute passion for, for helping, sharing and, and giving to others. Um, I, I, uh, actually have a sense of obligation, which is, which is my own, um, self-imposed obligation, but I want to question what you guys, you, you said, and you quickly agreed on if you're capable, you're obligated to help. I'm paraphrasing to a point. Do you remember that statement? Yes, I completely agree with that. Well, am I obligated? I feel obligated if I know something and I don't correct it, because then, like you said, if something happens, then I could have maybe prevented that. And if I didn't prevent it, I will feel some sense of guilt. For sure. At what point does obligation stop? When they're completely fucking blowing me off. Okay. If you completely fucking blow me off, well. There's n- it's never too soon for a fucking joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> I uh, th- then uh, then it's fair. Then I absolutely. Oh, it's fucking yeah, fair yeah, game. Yeah. You fucking slammed your body on the ground. You didn't listen to me. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. I uh, so I I I would tell mentors and instructors if I'm in a lead position, I expect you to work with your students, or I expect you to work with your mentees, or I expect you to work with whoever. Until you bang your head against the wall. If you bang your head against the wall once, don't do it again. The first time they drove you there, the second time you're an idiot, come to me. The second time they you want to bang your head against the wall, bring it to me. And I, I feel the same way about dealing with jumpers. I'm going to help. I'm going to suggest. I'm going to offer. But the second you make me feel like I'm banging my head against the wall, cool. Fuck you. I'm done. I'm out. No, no, fuck you. I'm going to wish them the best. I'm going to step away. But when you get hurt, Two people are going to get hurt if I continue to invest myself. If you don't get, if you, if you uh, get hurt and I disconnect, man, I'm still going to lose some sleep tonight, but I'm not, I am going to sleep some yeah. because at least I tried. Um, I'm going to, to, and, and for, for me, it's selfish motivation and, and you've kind of pointed that direction and I'm obligated to my own sanity. Um, so I was, I was questioning, am I really obligated? Um, and I still question, am I really obligated? Like, I mean, in your own mind you are, but does, is, are, uh, is everybody obligated if they're capable? I guess I, I think that, uh, improvement in the world relies on people who are able, uh, people who are competent to share that. And that's the world that I want to live in of, uh, that's where I was leaning towards more too. I wasn't just looking at skydiving. I was looking more. In, in the community where I want to live in. Like a hoa? Fuck that shit. I hate those motherfuckers. Yeah, sometimes they help, but most of the time it's a fucking headache. Welcome to my neighborhood. Because <laughs> if 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 we can talk about it, it'll get solved. Yeah. But if we gripe about it, if you bitch about it, you're not going to resolve anything, man. You, you have to come up with a solution. Not come, not just identify the problem. Yeah, yeah your easy. dog is barking. That's, that's uh, so I can't easy. sleep. Uh. God, I cannot believe how easy it is to point out a problem because you can even make one up that's not even there. Mm-hmm. But man, the people that are able to come up with a solution at the same time that they're bringing up the problem, it helps. Yeah. It helps Bring a it. lot, and and then that's where it becomes you're obligated, right? Because if I'm bringing up the problem, then if I'm not bringing the solution, you're part of the fucking problem. Right. But so, what if I don't care about the problem? Well, then don't fucking bring it up. But I didn't Keep bring it, to it yourself. up. I I see Nick over here jacking off, landing downwind all day long, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, Jack- it's a problem. Jacking off and landing down with the same <laughs> That's got to be a new freestyle trick. <laughs> right? I mean, we can give her a go. I, the mean, blind, I got the blind man. I'm going to do the J man. <laughs> no, so is that like a pearl necklace? Because, I mean, poof. Yeah, sure. If, if, only if you land in the pond at the end. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> nasty! I love uh, it. Uh, yeah, so, so you are obligated, DJ, in a sense, as in if you want everything else to be better at the end of the day or in the future. Because if then if you hold it back, you're withholding that information, and maybe that was the only person that was ever going to pass it on, because nobody else is ever going to pass it on, and then you we lost that opportunity to have something positive move forward, and now it's just negative bullshit. So you said I'm. Uh, first of all, I think you guys know I'm playing the devil's advocate. Here. You know, know how I feel. Okay. Here fucking with you. That's um, the whole point. No, I'm, but uh, so, but you said I'm obligated if I want a thing to see things improve. If I want things to get better. If I don't give a fuck about the future, if I don't give a fuck about how society's going and it getting better, then I'm not obligated. Correct. Okay. Yeah. No, for sure. So I can be a shithead. Yeah. And, perfect. And, and that's perfect. Yes, you can be a total shithead, and that's <laughs> your life, how you want to live yeah. it, and heck yeah, right. Yeah. And, and but just. 
you're gonna find have to find the shitheads, you know, because then there's, yeah. there's gonna be my crew over here. We're not gonna be shitheads. Yeah. Leave We're whatever just kiss, it keep is kissing Nick better you than you found it. Leave the world better oh. than you found it. If I borrow somebody's car, I'm gonna clean up some of the trash in it. Like I borrowed a buddy's truck the other day for something, and his tank because he was full. It was a full tank. I drove like a couple blocks back and forth, so I cleaned up the trash in his car for him. And perfect, right? Leave it better than you found it. Exactly, That's it. man. That's it, it. Make things better. Help your friends out. Do better things. So it's, it's, it's they like, just helped you out. Why not help them out? Yeah, it, it really is. I, 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 uh, I was curious to the sense of obligation you give, but it, it really, it's not an open ended obligation. No, hell no. A shithead can still be a shithead. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like Nick can go yeah. fuck off all he wants. Yeah. You're not a shithead. That's uh, debatable, highly. Man, were you the shithead who pushed a fucking button on me? What are those things called? Bidets. A bidet. Did, did you get a bidet? I got a bidet. Yeah, how great is it? You must, yeah, it's good. So, so far, I'm conflicted because I use more toilet paper to dry my ass than I used to use to wipe my ass. <laughs> well, maybe you need to give it a minute. No, 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 to dry my ass. Yeah, I, I know, but some of that, some of that water is going to drip off if you just give it a second. <laughs> I mean, I'm giving like, it plenty you, of time. You're just you turning a tsunami going uh, up in there. Is it still that? on when you're starting the drying process? It's not how it's supposed to work. I, I I think maybe you got the one that goes on the toilet seat, right? Yeah, like screws into the toilet yeah. seat, taps into the water. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it might possibly be. So when I first, I've only got it recently. You remember? I'm so happy we're about to have butthole conversations <laughs> right now. This is great. We're back. I don't think you know my buddy Terry Bennett. Uh, I don't. I don't think you ever knew Terry. I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't think you did, man. Older fella, I say older, about ten years older than me. He made a couple jumps with Heath and I back in the day. He ain't jumped in a while. A super good dude. We were hanging out. He, uh, man, everybody who used a bidet in my life says good things. I've never heard somebody go, yeah, I used a bidet. It sucked. Everybody's like, yo, I used a bidet and I had a great time, whatever version. So I'm, fuck it, I'll try it. Um, at first it didn't work very well. Like it just is not. What, the water pressure wasn't there? No, I just didn't realize I needed to reposition. Well, I did the first time. I was like, "All right, okay." Now I do shit. <laughs> it was hitting the curl instead of the. Well, no, I just needed to reposition where I was sitting. Like where I just, you were sitting. Okay. Needed it. Yeah, it was. It was the, the water aims at your butthole, but you also have to aim your butthole back at the water. <laughs> That's exactly. There's like certain That's marks exactly. on the toilet that you have to hit. No, well, so you just gotta, 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 gotta do like this. <laughs> if I sit like this right here, man. You know, you get your knees down, you get your elbows down on your knees, okay. you're kind of leaning forward like you're going to catch, you know, okay, like, what's up? and then all of a sudden you turn on that water pressure and you're like, I have to know if you're still holding your balls out of the way while you're doing this. No, the best part is this when it tickles the back of my balls so I grab a splash my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. wonder people never recommend this podcast. We're talking about a shithole. But I think something exciting has happened because we may have just transcended the how do you wipe conversation. We're going into how to bidet. <laughs> like we're evolving, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just we just made this step from belly to free fly right now. Yeah. So I, new orientation. So yeah, totally oh. orientation. So oh, the first Jesus. time it didn't really get the poop, so I turned up the water <laughs> pressure. Uh, I just laughed so hard I need to go use the, the bidet. The second time the water pressure 
didn't really make a big difference. So the third time I aimed my butthole and uh, the water pressure I didn't change. And I'm beginning to think that extra water splashage and the amount of toilet paper I needed is I'm going to have to aim the butthole first and then go up with pressure. <laughs> yes. Not go up with pressure. It's so, it's so funny. Where's this instruction what, manual? No, what you're saying, like, I, honest to God, I went through the same evolution. I just never thought about it or vocalized it. But yeah, this totally happened. Like, where I position my butt cheeks, like, how I get a seal with the toilet seat so water doesn't go everywhere. Like, dude, all, all of that absolutely happened. And it makes me feel really great to hear that you've gone through that same process. We're growing together as men. <laughs> dude, I didn't realize you made the switch. Oh, dude, like, oh. Uh, no, you now know all of the poops I've taken with it. Oh, it's, it's only man. been like four of them. It's, I'm to the point now where a drenched butthole dude, is a you, thing. You don't Wait, even Felipe, have a do you, bidet license. No, three. I only okay. have three. <laughs> bidet. Yeah, I've, oh I've done Diflow right. one. I got my two tandems out of the way. I've done Diflow one. On the next one, I get to do turns while I wipe my butt. <laughs> Uh, Wait, Felipe, do you have bidet experience as well? Or am I, I have bidet experience. Right. I don't have a bidet currently or in the past few years. Hey, man, but I would really one. enjoy Dude, 30 them. bucks on Amazon. I, I, I was thinking about just the little hose coming off the back of this. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the underneath. Yeah, it's crazy, man. They make all sorts of really... No, know. I know what they do, but I, in my mind, when I think of bidet, it's just I, I want a hose that I can just... And then dry down if things coming up from the bottom going through the learning process that that would also i guess affect me as as it has affected you but now you all you got to do when you no, i already got the day. instruction book Dude, that's so bad. i'm gonna sit go back on and the toilet before i even take a shit just to start feeling <laughs> it out wait, wait, wait. i'm gonna zero in my weapon here you go right here right here yeah go in clean, this is baby. it this is what you need to know that's right. All right, here. Well, listen up. Present that butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Present the booty Present hole. Present the booty hole to the stream, and it will be clean. It's great, huh? great <laughs> motto. <laughs> so yeah, now I just need to figure out the water pressure, and then I hope that the amount of toilet paper goes back down. Wait, what? Did you get the the, the Tushy brand? Do you remember? Oh, fuck no, I have no clue. I did only. I only asked because it would be fun to research to see if there are like tutorial videos by any of these I big companies. That, man. I was just thinking that, man. I was thinking, yeah, same exact how, thing. how fun of a video would that be to make? It had to be like pixeled out most of it, right? I don't know. I think you just focus more on facial expressions. Like you go from <laughs> concern on the first one, and then you see the body position and the lean and like the Shift. pleasant look on their face. Oh, so yeah. wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Is this a film festival video idea? <laughs> We're going to make a bidet video. We're going to make a bidet video and an LB testing facility video. Uh, the one he wants to make. That, that's a great that's Oh, a dude, idea. we yeah, do need to make this time. video. Uh, Josh and I were doing more testing with, with crap, and yeah, we should we should make a fun for fun. Not an official video of any type, but just fun, stupid video. We uh, are putting, we're, we're getting screen protectors for our Aries, like you use for your phone. Okay. And yeah, very. I've, I've seen almost no issues. A few people have had pitting on the screen from landing and pee swoopers. Okay. Um, so people have asked about it, and we found a manufacturer make them to our size, do our thing. And how I, how do you test for it? So BB guns, uh, airsoft guns, slingshots. Eventually, it was an air compressor, fuel line, and uh, pea gravel just to get a consistent. Wow. Consistent shot every single time, consistent everything, and tested it. And these screen protectors are fucking killing it. So, 
We're going to uh, try to order it. How about uh, so much fun. the visual effect on that thing? Because I know I have issues sometimes with my polarization. So there's no polarization on the screen protector, so it won't have any effect at all? Perfect. That yeah. <laughs> that was the only issue I had right now with the screen protectors. Yeah, and it's uh, really, if you look at uh, our TVs that are sideways in, in the hangar, yes. you can't read them. If they're this way, you can read them with polarized glasses. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, I've shared it on the show. I'm sure. When yeah, we, I have to take off my sunnies a lot. Yeah, when we first got, we used to have a whiteboard outside of the office, literally a whiteboard where the manifesto would go every load and write down everything that we see today. Gosh, every fucking load they'd write that shit down. Manifest would love that right now, dude. When we got that T, when we got that, uh, uh, and we were doing 100, 120 tandems a day with that easily. Um, when we got the TV, I first walked in one day. I'm like, oh. With nothing on the board, okay. And later on, things were on the board. We did our thing and walked back in on the next jump. Oh, TV's off. Huh, that's weird. Later on, everything's working out just fine. Walk in another jump. TV's off. My buddy Matt Bessonette goes, no, it's blah, blah, blah. And we're arguing. And ah, I take my glasses off after I came inside. So when I saw the TV later, it was on, which, no, it's because my glasses were off. Optical illusion. Yeah. So uh, the LB products used to have a lot worse polarization issues. And, uh, They've gotten better for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it came to our engineer's attention, and they actually shifted the lenses. So the, so and the hard part is, is do you wear it here, 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 where it looked like that? Under canopy and free fall. Yeah, yeah so it's, sure. th- there's no happy I think it only place. matters in canopy. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no uh, set and free done. Free fall is important. <laughs> do you look at that thing? In free fall? What thing? What thing? Depends. But depends. What do you? Uh, what do you have for a altimeter? <laughs> I have an Altimaster One. It's one of those round uh, mechanical ones. Uh, do you prefer analog faces? Um, I just get tired of the batteries and the malfunctions and just yeah, this thing's not going to stop working. Ba- batteries, I get. What do you mean malfunction? I forget to turn it off. That's a malfunction of my oh, head. Oh, no, man. You forget to turn it off? <laughs> on, on. Oh, on. Oh, on. That's on. a malfunction. Sorry. Yeah, it's a malfunction yeah. of my head more than anything. This mechanical device, I can just put it on. It's going to work. And, um, yeah, no, it does. I guess I've had to spend so much money repairing other ones for either uh, moisture, batteries, or broken that... One altimeter will last me six years versus those altimeters last me six months. Yeah. For me personally. Yeah. When I give them to the students, they last a lot longer. But when I use them, I mean, I, I must be a Neanderthal. But I, I, I should show you a picture them. of my uh, Viso 2. I'm so great at destroying Holy altimeters. Shit. I had a Viso 2 that was, dude, it was broken for two years before. You can't read the screen. You couldn't read the screen at mm. all. Because I'd wear it on the inside of my wrist and I grabbed my risers through opening and the guide ring had struck it a couple thousand times and it just scratched the screen to where it was totally unreadable. And this, I'm actually really surprised that anyone's getting pitting on those screens because I thought I would be the first person to break one of those screens and call, you know, call for a thing like a screen protector. But man, those Aries 2s, they're almost, if DJ hadn't been shooting them with a gun and breaking them, I would tell you that they're bulletproof. Yeah, those things are awesome. I, the product works and you just got to turn it on. You turn that Cypress on, don't you? 
Correct, yeah, correct. So I do turn it the cypress on. You just got to push it once. Look at your altimeter on the ground. If it's not on a screen, you just and, push it. And it's also and because it's of my sonnies and and the uh, the experience I've had with when I look at it, I want to be able to read it. And it just if I have to adjust the angle, that's that extra second that I had to do something else. That on that mechanical one, I don't have that issue. Man, I wear almost exclusively polarized glasses and haven't had an issue reading my altimeter in forever. And I'm I, colorblind as fuck. That might yeah. not add I, to the problem, but I don't think it does. Yeah, but I uh, and I and I, it's not that I've jumped the same altimeter over the years because I'm enough of a whore that I keep changing alt- altimeters. <laughs> I I get friends passing through town who have a broke down device or a sponsored jumper who's passing through town. I'm like, yo, I've only got like five jumps on it. If you need a new one, take it. So it's just commonly I'll put a handful of jumps on it and, and hand it off to somebody who needs it. And I, I haven't had a huge issue. Um, I'd be curious, but man, preference is preference. Right? There's no arguing. I, I used to use a product and then and it was great for thousands of jumps and thousands of jumps. And it was one of the ones that lasted the most. And yeah, I won't promote who, who or what, but and I enjoyed it. And, but once it broke down and I started, I had to resand it and, 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 just a hassle for me. I'm a lazy motherfucker. So, so once I got that, that's fucking bullshit. Once I got, yeah, right. Once I got that freaking uh, mechanical thing, and I guess it also has to do with my mentor. You know, I grew up using it, and uh, and the input I received from my mentor at that time, it really resonated with me, and it still resonates with me today. And yeah, what's that input? <laughs> The same what I told you. Okay. Battery's not going to run out. I don't have to worry about the polarization. I can put it on this hand, put it on that hand. I can read the Joker. Glows in the dark. I'm not that I'm jumping at night, but it's it's a hard hardware. It's a good. It's a hammer. You know. I don't have to worry about it. it's going to work. Versus the the altimeter and the battery. This I got to set this. The other day I was having an issue with the Aries trying to get to a certain menu setting. I didn't know how to get to that menu setting, so I asked a couple people, and finally I get the uh, the PDF from uh, LB to try to get to that menu setting. Really handy tutorial on YouTube. Correct. There's also a very and I didn't get to that <laughs> tutorial because I was like on a ten minute call, so I was like ah. Just reset it for me. Let it reset. And we got to it, obviously, or else I wouldn't have got on that jump. But it was something that my mechanical altimeter, I don't have to worry about. I uh, There's a lot of pros and cons to both sides. Correct. Uh, no, I have yeah. zero hate for the uh, yeah. In no, my no. ears, I have audibles. So those are freaking electronical things that work. Yeah. I just don't have to look at them. Yeah, the, the plus or minus accuracy of those analog devices with wafers and coils is is huge correct uh the manufacturer advertises 500 feet at at production it very quickly jumps to a thousand feet plus or minus variation which is a huge problem yeah Um, but under a thousand feet with experience who's looking at their altimeter a student who wants to see nine six and three um, patterns but but besides because of experience like somebody experienced what are you looking at under a thousand feet no not your altimeter anymore yeah so there's no need for it under a thousand feet and above a thousand feet, you should be like, so let's say, in free fall. Obviously, if you're not having some type of malfunction, and in free fall, five hundred feet there, five hundred feet here, it doesn't really matter. In a malfunction, a in thousand a malfunction, feet matters every bit of every day. Correct. In a malfunction, well, then that's where your training should come in. You fucking try to fix something twice. If it's not fucking working, you cut it away, pull your reserve. If it's some type of line twist that you're battling, you're battling. At 
with experience. That's why I'm saying that that yeah. altimeter with me, it's versus experience. It's because of experience. If I was a new jumper, I would totally go with the digital. But over time, the altimeter is important. It's always important. Yeah. But I've learned how to use that tool. And, 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 and I believe that I would be able to solve any problem. And if I need to look at my altimeter, I already know it's already too late. I need to be acting. So yeah. if I'm going for this look, then it's the, oh, yeah, you need to make, you need to take the next step, right? Versus let me be precise about this 20. Okay, it's 2,600. I can keep doing whatever. Oh, now it's 25. You but if it's 3,500 feet and I just deployed and I'm really at 2,500 feet, everything changes. If I'm at, if I'm at 3,500 feet and just deployed I, and I'm really at 3,500 feet, I might try once. Correct. If I'm at 3,500 feet according to my altimeter and I'm really at 2,500 feet, I'm not going to try any amount of times. I'm going to see at altitude and say, I'm done, I'm gone. Correct. So said and done, I, I'll go back to the statement, preference of preference, and, and uh, you'll never really be able to trump that every day of the week. But the the downsides, upsides for both, it, it's one is is a user error issue and the other is a device error issue. Um, and I'd rather learn to use the device because that plus or minus a thousand foot variance, the fact that those old devices have to be calibrated regularly and they almost never are. Um, I jumped, I was analog only for years and it took forever for somebody to talk me to try and digital. And uh, it, it said, and uh, it's, uh, I, I never had a huge issue. I agree with everything you just said with how it's going to work. I'll act in time. I'll deal in time. But, uh, I, man, it breaks more than you realize it. You just know when your digital is broken. When your analog is broken, you have no clue because it tells you it thinks it's still working. I like not having a clue. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. It's cheaper. That's why you work for Nick. Living right. danger. <laughs> yeah, fuck you guys. Well, I mean, uh, we, we come down to it. I've spent at least 1000 more, maybe even $2,000 on digitals. Yeah. And I've spent less than maybe $300 on two mechanical ones and they lasted me well over the 20 some years i've 23 years i've been skydiving and they're still with me the analogs i have them either hidden away in a drawer or my students use them because you mean the digitals digital sorry the That's digitals they're hidden away because some type of malfunction or i've i've given them to the students because that's what they prefer which i have zero issues with dude it is very it all the pluses are there but all those pluses to me personally, they're they're not necessarily pluses because at the end of the day, it's all about what I'm going to do when it matters. And I believe I'll be able to react accordingly. And if the altimeter is what's killed me, well, then fucking I'm an idiot. But yeah, I don't think in a, a, a lecture of an altimeter at, at, at the, the, the stage I'm in in my skydiving career, it's it's no. You would be shocked. I'm not going to press a conversation super far, but I have a lot of studies on post readout failure of analog versus digital gauges in astronauts and fighter pilots, which we're talking high level, high performance oh, people. Yeah. And I think you'd be shocked. Now, I still don't think it would sway your mind, but it's it's the uh, the evidence is there that post readout failure is much higher in analog de devices, uh, particularly amongst highly experienced individuals in their field. 
So it, it's uh, I'm down to read it. I'm yeah. down to learn. Send it to me. Yeah, MIT PDF and NASA have done some really interesting studies. Um, For sure. But back to it, it, it's what I'm comfortable with, what my mind quickly reads and adjusts to. Uh, any of these are super valid. Uh, um, um, it, it's it's like gear today. You can jump a vector, a javelin, a mirage, uh, a wings, an infinity. They're all fair and safe rigs. Um, if anybody tells you any of those containers on the rig are that dangerous and that unsafe, people would be dying and they wouldn't be on the market. I don't prefer a wings, but there's nothing wrong with the wings. They're ugly. But other than that, and I don't think they're ugly. I'm just saying that. Um, it just comes down to personal preference. Yeah, for sure. For so, sure. Yep. So your goal is to get back to Puerto Rico. I was going to say Arizona. Puerto Rico by yes. uh, the end of the year. Correct. Correct. That is the goal. Continue LazonaPuertoRico.com. Dot com and you're bringing back uh cisco yeah cisco is still uh knee waist neck deep with us so uh i'm pretty sure he's still motivated to keep the the thing going he has a lot of the same reasons i do to to keep that operation uh uh running we both feel that uh, we can uh, give a very good product to uh to the people we're serving right now for sure it's a premium product and uh the caliber not the bloat but me and Cisco are pretty badass, and I think uh, yeah. we can bring a badass product compared to uh, what everybody else is offering at the time in Puerto Rico right now. I think uh, it just takes time. God, don't tell him I said this. Cisco is, is quite an asset. I think he brings a high level of skill. For sure. Man. Um, he man, puts the ass in asset. <laughs> oh, my God. And you do well yourself. <laughs> 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 well. Hopefully things go well here in Houston. Hopefully we get to keep you longer than, uh, not for you, but for us, than, yeah. than, than you think. I know, I understand. I just booked my tickets to the Dominican Republic. I'm going to break that fucking plane, bitch. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second to catch on. Man, uh, things are wrapping up to a pumpkin. I actually have an early morning tomorrow, so we do need to get moving on sooner than later. As we get moving, anything you want to yell out to your friends, your family, all those funky Puerto Rican uh, much love, much love to everybody. LazonaPuertoRico.com, uh, Gravity Lab. Thank you for having me again. It's uh, it is an honor. Uh, I always enjoy talking with you both, Alex. Uh, you're new here, but it's great to have you too. It's always yeah, lovely man. to see you around the drop zone. <laughs> We're desperate, likewise. Yeah, and uh, man, yeah, I love being here, and uh, I actually love being in paradise a little more. So I can't wait to get back. I do. Uh, I forgot, and as you said that, there was one question I wanted to ask you about your goal. Uh, in part, I believe, and I don't remember well, uh, is to also attract and grow the fun jumper crowd. Correct. Yes, for sure. Were you able to plant any roots, any seat, seats? Oh, yeah. They've seen the product. They like it. They just want more altitude. That's they, it. Yeah. So it's just a, a matter of time of you getting a plane that can... That can satisfy that need, and I believe I satisfy every other need. And, man, they're, they're building 206s, like a turbine 206. They're building small planes that can get to altitude, higher altitudes. Is that an option? For sure. Uh, if we can get up high and... Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter the number. My my objective is to actually uh, have Puerto Rico competing on an international level. There's competitions in skydiving, and I would like Puerto Rico to start representing in these competitions because I believe we have what it takes. We just don't have the facilities to make it or the motivations to make this happen at the moment. It is growing, obviously, yes, but 
as my goal, I want to have a Puerto Rican four-way team kick some ass because you just don't know what we're going to bring, homie. <laughs> Man, let's see. Let's go to the next world meet in Russia or in Puerto Rico. Oh, man, it's Puerto they, Rico. Yeah, in Puerto yeah. Rico, people are going to love it. The sure. next World Cup, though, is in Voss, Norway, so they're kind of doing okay with that oh, one. Oh, Voss is nice. Yeah. yeah. The next world meet is Israel, Dead Sea. So yeah, I, that's I, also I, nice. Yeah, if I understand correctly, they actually open up a, a, a DZ there at the, the Dead Sea for just that. Wow. Wow. Cool, man. Anything else you want to throw in there, Mr. Switchblade? Are you talking to me? Johnny Switchblade. <laughs> no, man, I'm good. Uh, let's talk about that film festival. And if you're uh, hearing this, hearing us talk about the film festival, start working on a video for us. Yeah, help us out. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want. We'll figure it out. Uh, $500 cash prize to first. No, it's not $500 cash, cash prize to first place. Does anybody know what the first place grand prize is? It should be more. Now, I feel like right? you combined like there was two something from pools. last year. Seven fifty. Oh. First place for the film festival wins. I don't know what the fuck else we'll get from any other manufacturers. I can bet money that LB will support it with some devices, since that's my decision to make for the company. Um, nepotism at its finest, right? You know, I may, <laughs> I may, I may actually have our first film festival entry already. Uh-oh. For, from somebody else? Yeah, from, uh, I don't want to say. No, it's fine. I, I don't, yeah. But don't I think I think I may have it. This person that was going to do something else with this footage, I said, man, you should save this for the film festival. Oh, that'd be dope, man. Uh, typically, Cookie throws in a helmet. Uh, LMB has thrown in uh, products. Spaceland, throw, I'm re, I'm looking at the logos on the posters to understand. Yeah, I yeah. saw them already. Yeah, uh, Spaceland throws in some jumps. VSC's thrown in discounted uh, rigs uh, or contain, yeah, containers. So uh, we'll see what we can find out. I almost won that one. I got like second place. That's right, man. dude. It's a blur. That is all the film festivals, six of them. Six and we're about to throw number seven. It's October, Man, right? We've done six. We've done six, wow. dude. We've done six fucking film festivals. I'm gonna have to stay for it and then I'll leave. Uh well, I mean we're talking September ish right now. Yeah, so. so good. Yeah. yeah so oh, we're yeah, perfect. It's before October. Yeah, man. We we just want to find an event to, to tag it on to. So uh we'll talk about that more later. Word. Or now. No. No, later. later. It's, it's it's pumpkin time. All right, white boy, play that funky white boy punky pumpkin Here music. So Yo, guys and gals, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is a bit of an off week, an odd week. We're supposed to have the show Thursday night? This Thursday? Yeah, we were gonna. Yeah, but shit happened. So uh, we're out. Felipe's here. Felipe, thank you for filling in. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us. We'll see you guys in two weeks with uh, You Know Who. Do I know who? No, I'm just saying that to make <laughs> people go who. Oh, I was thinking about who, too. <laughs> who? 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 Hi. Oh, Poppy. <laughs> oh, God, Hi, Poppy. Poppy. Jesus. Oh, poor Poppy. She's going to get made fun of <laughs> by me. <laughs> hey, yeah, Uncle Nick came to say your name inappropriately in front of your parents. What's Sorry. Up, Poppy? <laughs> 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 Woo!